0: August twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. It's time to get in the weeds. I am at Pearl, and as always, a busy weekend in wrestling. And as always, on a Monday, Jeremy Lambert's with me. On a Wednesday, Jeremy's here too. On a Friday, Jeremy's here too. But like, let, let's face it. On a Monday, after a busy, busy, busy weekend of professional wrestling, Jeremy Lambert covering literally everything. And doing a wonderful job, by the way. I give you your flowers when I can. But uh, we're here. We're going to talk about everything all in. We're going to talk about SmackDown from Friday. We're going to talk about Emergence. I was there last night. We'll talk a little bit about that. There's plenty to talk about. So, Jeremy, how are you feeling? I worked about 16 hours yesterday, Joel.
1: You know, that's it. So it's a cool 16-hour day. Uh, We got got a very long weekend coming up this week, too. It doesn't stop does not stop but you know it was a fun weekend of wrestling and uh a lot to talk about certainly certainly a lot to talk about joel
0: you sound very happy to talk about all this stuff do i i don't know you sound excited it sounds like uh it sounds like despite the 16 hours of work that you put in in a day it sounds like there was a lot of Good stuff that came from it. Not everything was positive, and I know we're going to talk about some of the (laughs) most absurd shit that happened, especially yesterday. It's just an inevitability, but uh, I don't know. It it sounds like you mostly enjoyed yourself.
1: I had a Taco Bell for breakfast, and that's why I'm in a good mood. (laughs) Look at that. Their sweet tea sucks, by the way. Awful, awful sweet tea, but their breakfast food is very good.
0: What, uh, yeah, what I've never had a Taco Bell breakfast. What the hell do they serve? I mean, I oh, see people,
1: breakfast burritos. People are gonna get mad at us for talking about fast
0: food here, Joel. Oh yeah. no, um, listen, listen, if you don't think that MJF and Adam Cole discuss what breakfast foods are great <laughs> during their personal time, then I don't know what to tell you because you're Jeremy and I, we're gonna do the same thing.
1: Um. I got the the belt like the bell box. It's like a basically like a crunch wrap, but it's got eggs, hash brown, bacon, and some type of sauce on there, which is really good. They got these uh like cinnamon bites, which are good. And they have um I had a hash brown. Their hash brown was good. Their breakfast food is, is good. I don't get to talk about breakfast often. This is only literally my second time ever, but I had to run some errands this morning. Yeah, Joel, I'm up early. We we get to bed late. Went to bed at about midnight after working 16 hours got up at at seven to to help the kids and you got you gotta get rolling you get cooking it's another it's another day at the the lambert household
0: i was gonna say you went to bed earlier than i did good on you
1: yeah yeah i know you you had a late night at uh impact you could have gone to bed earlier if you weren't a coward and you tripped steve macklin and he knocked your lights out you could have gone to bed uh probably before 11 but you know you're cowardly
0: i'm gonna tell a funny story about that a little later it's uh his return was very entertaining and to which i had to text jeremy lambert about it because it was a very surreal moment but uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes uh yeah it was it was a fun night i got i got home probably around midnight and then i had i had a good 45 minutes of cleaning up to do i didn't get the scream up until this morning because i, I know
1: was, i looked for it and i was I like oh joel that's slacker can't, i can't I I actually i, I didn't know. expect it i was waiting for you to message me and be like hey can you set this up but you didn't so i was like all right well i assume he's gonna take care of it at some point
0: i knew i was gonna be up early with the kid and i knew that my wife was going to take him to daycare so once that once they were cleared and everyone was gone i was like work mode catching up on on the rest of all in the stuff that i didn't get to see so i, I was able to get it up but i was just like all right, certain things are going to go up a little later than planned. i good that we're, you were
1: able to get it up, Joel.
0: <laughs> I mean, anyway. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's someone someone out there has a sponsorship for us for for stuff like that. We don't need to talk about them. Uh what else is going on? So yeah, better than talking about slow food. That that's what Ryan says. I don't know, man, slow cooker food is delicious.
1: Yeah, yeah yes, slow cooker food can be very delicious. Uh well, we can we can talk about the slow cook recipes if we want to. Well, that, that's I mean, what the
0: people are here for, right? I'll tell you right now, my favorite is doing a pulled chicken now. There's a those okay. clubhouse seasonings. This is this is the dumbest thing, but it's also perfect. The seasonings <laughs> that you purchase often have like easy cook recipes on the back. This is one of them. And it was like, you know, brown sugar, water, this seasoning packet and then like a pound of chicken. And I was like or 2 pounds of chicken. And I was like, "All right, let's go." And I put it in the slow cooker, let it go. It was delicious. Little stuff like that is perfect. That's that's the that's the trick to slow cooker. Just easy peasy. The wife makes
1: uh, good food in the the slow cooker. Um, so there you go. We we've uh, we've had we've had some of that in the past. Uh, you know, today we just went Taco Bell. Where we were lazy. We were lazy today. But there are some good slow cook recipes out there. You yeah. some
0: good- Couldn't do the fast cooker today. We had to do the fast food instead.
1: Yeah, we we need the fast food. It's it's been a long, long couple of days here, Joel. Long couple of days. Sometimes it got time to make food. You just gotta grab what you can grab.
0: That's true but if you're here and you got time go leave a thumbs up on the video and also go ahead and subscribe to us here fightful overbooked if you've done it then go ahead and tell your friends to do it too or just make like a hundred youtube accounts because that seems to be a good way to do it and just hit that subscribe button if you want content every single day fightful overbooked is your place for it and if you want to give us uh, some financial incentive you can go ahead and donate a super chat any amount question statement read on the air uh i do want to point out i i i This was really for just one person who reached out to me, and thank you, by the way. Um, On Friday, we actually did receive a Humper Chat. It was read on the SmackDown post show on the main feed, but um, uh, I'll let people know now. We normally don't take Humper Chats because that revenue goes to the main channel, not directly to us. It's a little more dicey, so we haven't come up with a, a Streamlabs platform for Overbooked. However, because... The all of the proceeds from Friday's show was going to the Rotunda family. It was just like, it was very easy. Once that person reached out to me, I was just like, okay, perfect. You know, that, that's cool because it's all going to the same spot. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out for anyone, whoever's like, I should send a Humper chat. Don't send we a Humper chat on our channel. <laughs> we need the weed
1: chats. Is that can-
0: that's, that's what I'm afraid <laughs> of.
1: <laughs> well, people think they're like giving us, can I say drug uh we're we're five minutes past seven and a
0: half minutes in we're Okay. okay
1: all right uh people will think they're giving us drug money if uh we call them weed chats. I feel like send us weed chats and the more you send, the more uh MG of uh edible I will take on, on air.
0: Oh my goodness, and that's how I'm gonna have to deal with that little gold dollar sign that says limited
1: access. Me and Zarian, me and Zarian just gonna be popping edibles on the stream one day.
0: Payback is gonna be one hell of a show for you at this rate. <laughs> Anyway, where should we start? All in was a was a good show. It was not you listen. I know that we can say it was a long show. Adding in the two hour pre show, the two hour zero hour, that to me at least, you know, it felt a little draggy. Just because you gotta you you gotta do what two matches, but then you gotta fill the rest of the time. That's what was kind of a, you know annoying to me. If you had done a zero hour with just the two matches in one hour would have been okay with that but overall like honestly i got through all in i watched it after the fact i watched uh i'll tell the story here i watched the the jack perry and hook match live i watched the whole zero hour live i saw the jack perry comments live on the air and i just said to myself oh someone's gonna meet him at the curtain (laughs) and that's just all (laughs) like hold on hold on hold on and then and then the punk match went on first on the main card and, you know, the report from Fifle Select came out. Well, we'll talk about all this stuff in a minute. And the, the second I saw it and read it, I just said, no, not today. And I put my phone down and I said, I'm not watching the rest of the show until later on when like, this when everything's clear, the discourse is done, and I'm not around any social media. It's just me in the show. So so go ahead. I, you wanted to get in on, on that.
1: I hate that this is... <clears throat> been been the topic like i I hate that this has been the topic and i think it's very unfortunate for AEW. i think it's very unfortunate for the performers of what should have been and what still was a historical night that like this is the thing one thing i do want to and i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because it's he said he said she said right
0: he said said in this case
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the the punk side is going to say that punk did nothing wrong. And then the other side is going to say that punk did everything wrong. It's the same as all out last year. It's the same as every punk story that has come out since then. The one thing I do want to touch on, because I think there's a lot of hypocrisy on this is when Jack Perry, it is all about the, he said, she said bullshit. Do you know that right? You got that right. Yeah. It's right. a little
0: bit. Right? correct.
1: Um, the, the one thing that I think there's hypocrisy on is one, this popped me tremendously when Jack Perry calls the camera over and he knocks on the glass and he's like real grass, real glass, cry me a river. And then he took the suplex. I thought that was hilarious. Me too. People, people are like, well, what did he expect from that? Did he expect punk? To just take that. He knew what he was doing. He was calling out punk. He was trying to do upstage punk. He was poking the bear. saw that poking the bear. We're talking about the same man. Who goes out on television. Has a live microphone. And says hangman page. Come out here and fight me. That's coward shit. I'm the only real draw. In the world of counterfeit bucks. Pegman Page is a peg warmer. This is a man who takes his shots all day, every day. On on television, not during a match. He's got a microphone when people are listening to him speak. And he's doing this. And then he's going to get upset if Jack Perry does this during a match, which is hilarious. And then Jack Perry goes through the glass in and of itself. I think it's funny when when... CM Punk takes his little shots. All this shit's funny. It's stupid. It's completely stupid. They're all just trying to do shoots and all this stuff. It does For a television product, at least Jack Perry doing this in the middle of a match. It's a ha, wink and nod type of thing. But he's still having a match with, Punk, uh, with Hook. When Punk does it, it's like you're trying to sell us on a feud that ain't actually happening. You're trying to sell us on a match that, that's not happening here. So I... I don't understand the comments that are like, this is all Jack Perry's fault. He he can't be surprised that Punk confronted him and all of this. It's like, maybe not, but let's not act like CM Punk is in the right for confronting him on this. But then Punk is also, but then let's get mad when somebody wants to confront Punk when he does all the stuff that he does. It's all stupid. It It's all, I I think it's hilarious. Somebody actually... Somebody tweeted me when Sean put out the report um uh that there was uh the the scuffle backstage or the altercation or whatever. I just retweeted, I was like, pro wrestling is back, baby. And someone's like, you you are great because you just have this detachment from all of this. And like that's why I enjoy like follow you following you on Twitter. Like I don't know how true that is. I think I'm very much in the bubble, very much in the weeds compared to most people because of how I cover it. But I do agree that I have a detachment of like, I don't give a shit who's right or wrong on this. I don't. I can understand both sides. I'm not taking sides though. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up on is like, oh, CM Punk was right. I got to be on his side. Oh, Perry was right. I got to be on his side. Nah, just let him fucking fight. Let him throw hands backstage. Put it on television. Let him fight. Like, that's that's what I'm all about. Let let, do these shoot comments and then get into a confrontation backstage. I don't care. It affected me in any way. Do I wish you put this stuff on television? Yeah. Until then, thanks for paying some of my bills and giving me stuff to write about.
0: You know what? I'm just waiting for it. Do you know what the Wrestle Dream show should be? The Wrestle Dream Show that t- the Tony Khan announced. This well, is my- the
1: real big story of the talk fucking about
0: week. We're going to talk about it. Uh. It should just be a giant, uh, and I know New Japan talent are on the card, so this doesn't work. It should just be a giant brawl for all card, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the collision and dynamite wrestlers and some rampagians, I guess. Some of the undercard just just. For all, for all like, and let Punk let Punk have a buy to like the third round, just because it's like, well, he's had two fights in the UFC. Sure, he didn't win, but like he's had legitimate fights. So like, let's just give him a couple buys, and then just let Punk get rocked by I don't know Bro. Now Brody King be on his side. Let him get <laughs> rocked by. Oh shit! Who from Miro? Miro yeah. is. Uh, oh, Miro's oh, his pal. Oh, you can't do it. Well, uh, come on. You know what I'm trying to say. It just doesn't work so much got to find somebody on that like l- not even luchasaurus these are people who all appear on collision now
1: <laughs> that's the thing like they're stepping to punk and like if these stories are true punk's throwing hands and getting the better of these people <laughs> on this
0: and that's a, that's why i didn't like toss this on the thumbnail because i was like I, I saw it and i just like laughed and all i could say was like this is going to get more play than it should this is a hilarious like the jet when jack Perry said it on the broadcast, and someone said it in the comments like, you didn't know unless you knew. And yeah. but that's a, that's the thing with AEW fans, many are so plugged in that they they are aware of what's going on. But on a show like this, that was completely harmless. He could easily have just said to people at home, like, oh, you think this is fake? This is real glass because I'm a wrestler and I'm a badass. And the CM Punk stuff would have been completely null and void of people's brains, but instead, here we are, and it's just a funny. Like to me, it's a funny, stupid situation. Jeremy, you know, pointed out pretty, pretty accurately. This is stuff that inevitably pays our bills because FIFA Select, best five bucks in the business, does effectively pay our bills with all this news and information and people want to know and people want the backstage, you know, gossip. But at the end of the day, that's just you know, th- that's just the way it is. That's the news that people want. So I'm not gonna put it on the thumbnail. If if punk had If there had been a definitive story and someone had been, I don't know, taken out in in handcuffs or something instead of, you know, everything else that's out there, then I maybe would have brought it up. But instead, it was just like an altercation happened backstage because someone said something that was incredibly funny and topical for us. But other than that, it was just the show was the story. And it was a very good show. So I don't want to take away from that. It wasn't. I didn't walk out of all in being like, that suck. Let's just talk about punk and Jack Perry because LOL. No, I actually enjoyed the show. So let's actually talk about the show.
1: Okay. Two, two things. First, I'm going to do this uh, super chat or Thanks. cheers from Cyclops fan Logan. So a lot of Sam Punk fans, punk is allowed to say whatever he wants about people on TV, but God forbid anyone does the same to him where there's smoke, there's fire and wherever Sam Punk goes problems arrive. Look, you're not untrue on this two, two things you're on the right track with the uh, brawl for all at wrestle dream, but they're paying tribute to a Noki. I yeah. know there's a power slap out there, but this is, this is how you pay tribute to a Noki. Just let them all slap the shit out of each other. Okay. So that's where you go with wrestle dream. Dana White's going to get mad at that, but you know what? It's going to yeah. draw more It'll, it, partnership. I don't care. Um, second, second thing. When we we're talking about paying bills and stuff, so funny story, Sean Sean Rossap, who I assume people know, he's made no secret about this. He's like, and subscriptions when it comes to FIFO Select, the first of the month because that's when like a lot of people sign up and everything. And then he's like, oh, because they uh, introduced annual billing last Ann- year,
0: anniversary billing.
1: Okay, anniversary billing. Sorry, because they they introduced that last year. A lot of people signed up after all out last year because of brawl out. So that's like the 5th. He's like, yeah, after the 1st and the 5th, like subs might fall off and stuff and so he's like, you know, uh he he wanted to try to put out some some big stories on the 1st and the 5th to entice people to stay signed up and everything. And I'm like, you ain't got to worry about that. September 1st and September 5th cuz some dumb shit's going to happen. Between those dates this year. And lo and behold, everybody, some dumb shit happened on August 27th. <laughs> oh. So, uh, it, ain't gotta worry about the subs falling off this 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 time, Sean. Some dumb shit's gonna keep happening. All right, uh, let's actually move on to the, the card. And I will start with CM Puck because I thought his match against Samoa Joe was awesome. I thought this was a great, great match, and honestly. One of my favorite matches of the night until maybe the main event. But like this this was a match where you watch two guys who know how to work a stadium crowd. They've been in that environment before. Certainly Punk has Joe's only Joe's worked WrestleMania. Uh he, he worked like that weird match against Ray that was like 30 seconds and uh it was, a 19, he was there in the poncho.
0: That was a, a, a thirty five when yeah, he had the Ray match. That was the same as the Baron. It was Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle. And then they did that. And then they did the 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 Joe match. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was when they were trying to beat up the time. Yeah. And then he was
1: there in a poncho. So I think those are only Joe's two WrestleMania matches, aren't they?
0: I think so. He didn't work pandemic mania.
1: Well, that doesn't count. That's our stadium anyway. Um, Yes, it was.
0: It was the it was the WWE Universal Stadium.
1: Okay, um, so he hasn't worked like the stadium too, too often, but certainly he's been in the WWE environment and knows how to work just the the bigger arenas overall. Punk, you can tell he's worked the stadiums before. Those were two dudes who just went out there and had a first off, it was a really good match, and two, they knew just how to work the stadium they punk playing up the Hogan stuff all the callbacks to uh past ROH matches Joe with the expressions that if you're watching the big screen you can react to all of this stuff just two great professional wrestlers and it's honestly a shame that the the CM Punk story is the CM Punk story the backstage stuff because this match was fantastic this match was again one of my favorite matches. On the show, Punk at the Pepsi Plunge. You said you called this. I don't remember. I'll take your word for it. Um, What
0: happened was you and I were talking about what else can Punk do if he doesn't win with the go to sleep because the golden vampire spot. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, do we do the golden? Like, do we do the the, the golden plunge? Do we do the Pepsi Plunge? And we both kind of said to each other, I don't know. I don't know. And then I said, you know what? He's going to do it. And that's 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 that.
1: Okay, I don't remember. My memory sucks though. So, I'll well, take your word for it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love this match. And, you know, we'll see where things go with Punk cuz now some stuff might be up in the air, but I absolutely love this match. And we're not going to go match by match or anything here, but I do want I am curious your thoughts on Punk and Joe.
0: So, I really I really enjoyed the match. Again, because I had put my phone down and I was like Folk, I was like, I'm going to watch this match, because I only had limited time to watch anything live. I did watch this match live, and I largely enjoyed it. I saw Punk bleeding off, off of the table spot, and I was just like, okay, this is the tone, this is the tone we're setting for the night. That's and, you know, I ruled, too. And it did. And again, these two guys clearly have a respect for each other and, and a, a love, a professional love. So it's such an easy match for these two to have, and I expected it to be as good as it was so yes i very much enjoyed the match it it wasn't long it didn't overstay its welcome it was a hot open the crowd was chanting in all directions which i enjoyed and 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 later on in the night i'm gonna say i didn't enjoy the fact that the crowd was chanting in every direction for literally every match and every wrestler on the card but for this particular match this was this was kind of expected and kind of okay um at the end of the day joe is just a giant garbage human being character and punk is like straddling that line in certain ways so i enjoyed the match it was a good finish that pepsi, pepsi plunge was what it was it's 2023 these guys have been doing this match for the last almost 20 years <laughs> let's say uh so you know you don't expect it to be perfect but they got it off and it was a big high spot to finish the match people were surprised and excited i couldn't complain my biggest concern is always the what's next and like you said the now we don't know because we we, again when we get to the main event we talk about max and uh and adam cole like it went it went off the air how you said it would and that's cool uh and we're going to talk about that you take a victory lap because it's i totally you know bow to that sentiment i think the love letter to professional wrestling uh comment that you made a couple of uh shows ago was was very apt and and right on the nose and you started seeing that as early as the zero hour when they won those tag titles, the, the ring of honor tag titles. Uh, and then it kind of plays out throughout the night in certain ways, but we'll talk about that uh, later on. But yeah, that, the, the punk match was solid and it was just, I, when I finally picked up my phone and saw a tweet and a maven from the FIFA account being like security is following punk to the back. I didn't see that part. Cause I was already working on other stuff, turned off my phone and I like turn off the show. Uh, but I went back and watched it later, and it was like one security guard was following him to the back, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was like Goldberg security level. Punk's, going.
1: Punk doesn't need the security guard. Everybody who's come up to him, he's handled himself. Well, somebody needs the body cam footage is what yeah. we need. Like I don't care. Punk seems to be doing fine. Doesn't need the scare. I want the footage. That's what I need. I, all these people, all these AEW millennials, where get your cell phone out. What are we doing here? Come on, guys! Come on! Somebody said, like, have the cell phone recorded world start.
0: Yeah, what are we doing? I agree. I, when, when that again, going, just going back to this to the news. This is the last thing I want to say about the the Perry and Punk stuff. When it dropped, the my immediate thought was tell your pettiest friends about AEW because <laughs> they will love literally <laughs> everything that they hear about AEW. Uh, tag team titles. This was when the, the the friendship love letter kind of fell apart. Because FTR ended up winning the match. They retained the, the world tag titles. And uh, we'll talk about the match itself, sure. But really, the big moment was after the match when they went for the handshake. Bucks walked away. There was no, no handshake. That was that. All the Bucks- elite guys
1: lost on this show. And I know Omega lost to set up t- a Takeshka like match first, for next week.
0: It's like the first pay-per-view all over again. Not yeah. all in, but the first AEW pay-per-view.
1: Uh this like the Bucks and FTR match. I don't know. I thought it was like fine, but this this is what this this is what I mean when it comes to like playing big stadiums and stuff. They felt like they they were not playing the stadium here. They were going to go out there and do their match. The energy of the match, I know a few people commented, felt weird, but I don't think it was like a performer thing. I think it was just a dynamic thing and the, the, the dynamic felt off just even leading up to the match. Let's be honest, the young bucks are best when they're dicks, like when they can just be little pricks. That's when they are at their best. And, and FTR, they can work babyface or heal, but they were like kind of healing up. The, the dynamic just wasn't great in this match. It picked up by the end. It turned out to be a very good match. I'm not going to say it was like a bad match or anything, but I'd have to go back and, and rewatch stuff. I feel like. I remember the, the first match was it, it wasn't in front of fans, which was unfortunate, but that was very much love letter to tag team wrestling type thing. The second match I really, I really enjoyed. And this match was good, but I don't think it was the greatest tag team match of all time that they were, you know, very much shooting for or anything. Mm-hmm.
0: What's tough about that, first of all, I will spotlight the, by the way, Thursdays is on the main channel in the morning. So, uh, the, the Shatter Machine finish to Nick, I think Nick got the most out of that that he possibly could have taken that Shatter Machine. And it was, it was just a, a good, solid finish. Um, that being said, when you have a tag team like FTR who just had a series of fantastic matches with the Briscoe Brothers... And unfortunately, you know, we lost Jay earlier this year, I, and just that it doesn't overshadow what uh, what this what this was. But when you think about the best tag team feuds, and we're trying to get the Bucks and FTR back on that page, it's really hard not to remember that FTR and the Briscoes just had last year some of the best tag team matches most love letter to tag team wrestling matches in the last little while so it's a little tough it's a different feud but that's more in my head than what was going on with the Bucks. yeah i'm
1: i'm with you on that like it was a good match it it was a great match i don't want to downplay it by just saying it was good but there was a lot of hype going into it for a good reason and the the dynamic just felt a little bit off i saw people saying that like as great as they are as tag teams, and they are great. They're arguably the two best in the world right now. They're arguably, I don't think it's even arguable. They're they're two of the best teams of all time. Sometimes you can be two great workers or two great teams and you just ain't got chemistry with each other. Like sometimes it just, it just happens and they have two very different styles as well. And sometimes those styles clash don't play out the way you want them to. This is not to downplay any of their matches because they are all very good to great matches. It just wasn't the you know all time greatest tag team match that I think a lot of people wanted. I mean, when I look back at like an FTR run, I'm gonna be more fond of the Briscoes match and the uh and the the D- DIY matches over over the Young Bucks stuff
0: yep yeah, and i fully agree let's uh let's hit a couple super chats here uh let's start with shytown spurs at what point does it start to show malpractice i'm sorry at what point does it start to be malpractice to report punk side of things quote unquote bro side has lied about key details three times now that the problem is it's not malpractice it's you just say this came from cm punk's camp this is what they are saying that we can o- we can only report and sean you know is the one who's primarily gathering the information but like we can only report what we get. We don't know the full truth. We only know what people are saying to us. We can double source things and get it. But like at the end of the day, if we hear it from one side, we're going to report this is one side, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what is he not supposed to report? This is one side. I think, it's, I, I think it's good that he frames it of like, no, this is what basically Punk's side is saying instead of just saying sources are saying this and then sources are saying that. You want to frame both sides and then come up with your conclusion after that. The truth is always uh, somewhere in the middle, right? When it comes to this kind of stuff. So I don't think it's malpractice at all. I actually think like that's how it's supposed to be. And, you know, his side has lied. According, you know, to him, probably not to that side, probably not. But we don't know what the actual truth is until we get some type of video. We don't know what the, what if the other side's lying? We don't know.
0: I, I've heard this before on, on other shows, but, you know, it is you've got this guy's side, this guy's side, and then the truth. There are three sides to the argument. So it this is what we're trying to do is we are trying to frame one, one side, the other side. And like Jeremy said, somewhere in the middle is the truth.
2: bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm
1: That, that's how it is with every story. Unless you get the video evidence or whatever the evidence is. If it's just two sides talking, techni- typically, not technically, typically, the truth is in the middle.
0: I like that we are now a journalism podcast. Although, <laughs> listen, if WrestleNomics can drop videos about what the actual attendance at WrestleMania 3 was, uh, that was an all-timer. God bless Brandon Thurston. But if he can do that, we can do this. <laughs> you
1: know what tweet popped me more than... Anything all friggin' weekend was yeah. Thurston has been working really hard on this like attendance stuff, and the one big sticking point was the uh, the boxes, like the suites of how many people were in the suites type of thing. And during stadium stampede, they brawled up into the stands and stuff. And Thurston's just like, show the sweets, so I can count the people in there. <laughs> I popped so hard when I saw this. And the wife is like, What's what's so funny? And I'm trying to explaining it to her. And like she just hasn't been following it. So like I could tell this was not hitting with her in the same way. And I'm just like, just you got to trust me. If you've been following Thurston's tweets and like his reporting on this, that tweet is hilarious. But if you haven't been following it, it's just like, oh, ha, huh, sure, Brandon.
0: The only man in wrestling media. And by the way, Brandon, if you're watching, and I doubt you are because I can't blame you. Just know I say this with love. The only man in wrestling media who buys a ticket to the event and still comes to the scrum. The man is a legend. He,
1: Brandon Thurston rules. I, I,
0: I appreciate every interaction I have with him. And if you get a chance after this, go to the WrestleNomics YouTube channel. I'll put it over. He has a, it's a nine and a half minute deep dive on what the actual attendance numbers at WrestleMania three were. And it's completely different than anything anyone else had. He gives you the math. He shows his work. The dude is just, he's on another level when it comes to the numbers of pro wrestling. When people call him the smartest, I think it's very much when it comes to to the numbers and the WrestleNomics as it is, that he is top-notch. There are people who are incredible news writers and news gatherers, but Brandon's top of his game when it comes to those numbers. I have to put him over for that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the absolute best. Uh, Lobo sent us a super chat saying, AW's fan base is super divided. Do you guys foresee the backstage drama eventually leading to fights at shows between fans? Well, listen keep the fighting at shows in the fans area to be the stadium stampede match okay put them in the kings or the queens uh whatever the the suites because that match was all over the place stadium stampede was fun but it's always it's nearly impossible to follow all the action and there are certain points where you're just looking at the screen and you're just like wait who's fighting is it fans oh no it's eddie kingston he's wearing a new york knicks jersey (laughs) The only man who could get away with going to the UK and getting cheered for wearing a Knicks jersey. i Maybe Joe Holbert. I don't know. Uh, yeah. but, <laughs> oh, no. He'd be wearing a Sixers jersey. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, nice. this, this, it was a fun match. Sue showing up was incredible. I love that uh, Excalibur's Sue is Tony Sting. It's just fun, silly shit. Uh, the Penta Oscuro... Showing up. That
1: rule. That's the smartest man in wrestling, right there. That's He's like, you know what? Let me take, let me take 15 minutes out of this match to go to a costume change.
0: It was so good. The man was just like, I don't need to be here. And then they go into the latter spot. It was good stuff. Uh, there was something that happened in this match that I, I had it written down. I don't know where I, re- I wrote it down. I lost it. But there was something that happened that I just, I couldn't stop cackling. It was so silly and so stupid. But it was towards the finish. May have been on the stage, but either way, they just they. It wasn't even they brawled everywhere. The ladder broke. The ladder did break, but there was something else that someone said. It may have been something that Excalibur said, but uh, either way, it was just full of funny shit. They brawled. The only people who really brawled everywhere were Claudio and Eddie, because I assume this is setting up for final battle. Well, where they're going to do the uh, the ROH World Championship match and I'm fine with Eddie Kingston winning the ROH World Championship at a final battle. So with all this in mind, talk to me about Stadium Stampede. It was what it was. Oh, no horses, by the way. That was the downside.
1: Yeah, no horses. Um, overall, though, like this was just a lot, a lot of fun. Moxley took the skewers. Everybody was bleeding. Orange Cassidy bleeding was a sight. Uh, Orange Cassidy doing the Taipei death match, dipping his uh, fist into the glass. And everything, the the closing shot with Eddie and Mox flipping each other off after the match was over. Well, just a lot of dumb fun. I was wondering how they would do this. It was very Anarchy in the Arena-ish because it's a similar thing, right? You're just brawling all over the arena. You can call it what you want. At the end of the day, it's just brawling all over the arena. But there's a ton of fun. And I, I don't have much more to, to say about that. Is this a you know classic wrestling match? No, but all of these brawls that now whether it's anarchy in the arena or, or stadium stampede, there's enough character and enough personality and enough just shit happening to where it's memorable and it's going to it's going to to stick out and it's going to be different even in a show, even in a show that has plenty of blood, as it is. Like you ain't gonna. Okay, this match had a lot of blood. And other people bled throughout the show, but you know they weren't bleeding because of forks and and glass. Um, well maybe Jack Perry, but you know ladders just randomly breaking tables. Uh, Sue was there. I thought Sue should have run over. Uh, just run over Blackpool Combat Club. Moxley gave her a kiss and everything. Again, all of these guys are good enough workers they have the character work they have the personalities they have the connection with the crowd that it makes this stuff memorable and so it's not this wrestling classic or anything but when you look back on this show it's certainly something you're going to remember that spot or you're going to remember this spot from it and that's, that's that's what these things are all about so it was just a lot of fun
0: yeah, so Sue being kissed by Moxley was hilarious to me. I love that. I'm glad that you remembered it. The, the What I remembered this was the line. It was, she drives up and Excalibur says, I didn't know she had a UK driver's license. And everyone, <laughs> everyone at the announce table just lost it. And so that was that was the one moment where I was just like, ah, good stuff. It was, yeah, it was a fun match. It was just, it was what it was. Hopefully it's going to blow off uh, a few feuds on the way. But Win- it's way.
1: When friggin' you know Orange Cassidy's doing his Orange Cassidy stuff, hands in the pockets and all this stuff, and then he kips up and Moxley just forks him in the back. I was like, "Oh
0: my god, what is happening here?" That's what you do. What you do. Uh, Needs more minutes.
1: We're, we're getting Mox and Orange Cassidy at uh, on on Sunday, which would be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean that's assuming Moxley walks out AEW International Champion after Wednesday when he faces. I forget.
1: No, Orange Cassidy is facing Penta on Wednesday. Is he? Okay. And the winner faces Moxley. I can't remember. Yes, there was clearly. a lot happening. There was clearly. a lot.
0: I don't ask me press conference questions because then we got to talk about the women's world champion, the new one. Boom, boom, clap. It's the real one. I got. I don't know, man. I look,
1: Joel. I know people are mad about this. I get that. I, I truly, I truly get that um but like what did i say and you already told me i could take my victory lap i'll take a portion of it here sure this was about moments this show was about moments and hey thank you for everything thank you for your contributions to wrestling love letter to wrestling stuff more than it was about any type of story and the moment was soraya getting queen being out there with her family I don't even know if if she was the most over person in the match. Like, they had to get Queen for her to get her the cheer and she everything. Not, she yeah. was
0: not the most over in the match. Yeah, she was not.
1: Look, I get. I completely one million percent understand. If like, why are we doing? Why are we taking the belt off of Sheeta when she just won it less than a month ago? Why couldn't Sheeta get a longer reign? I get it. I'm not happy about that either. But my expectation was. We're going to get happy ending moments, big celebrations on this show. And we did. We really did for the most part. I mean, the the two exceptions might be Takeshka and Omega because I assume people wanted the elite guys to win, but they were setting up Takeshka and, and Omega for next week. And FTR and Bucks could have gone either way. Like crowd was pretty split on that. So I don't think either one was like a bad call there. Everything else... This is what I expected. I expected the happy ending stuff, and this was a happy ending for Sareya.
0: But you could have done Sheeta winning the damn match because she was just she was cheered very heavily. I People, front row signs, you know, holy Sheeta. There were it was. I, I know I don't know if you're about to say I agree, but let's just say that you are about to say I agree. This is just you could have done literally every other spot. And you just could have done the the finish with the lockjaw roll-up, and people would have been largely okay with it. Instead, we did this weird, like, are the outcasts breaking up? Are we continuing the story? What are we doing? Um, you know, it, it's not going to be resolved anytime soon, I could tell you that much, whatever they're about to do.
1: Soraya could not get finish the chapter, finish her book. She could not finish her story if she was if uh if she didn't win she couldn't finish the book or chapter
0: Tony so. out to uh god save the queen that was freaking hilarious yeah <laughs> yeah movie starlet uh shy town spurs asking saraya's mom versus sue when put it in the re- you know what that to me is the all-out main event <laughs> <laughs> i'm for that i'm for that there's listen if there's one thing that soraya's mom's gonna do it's put herself into a, a main event title match <laughs> uh and then i know we're not going through the whole thing i i don't want to go too far into the coffin match i just want to talk about the entrances uh loved that swerve had uh, had someone coming down to the ring with him i forget his name i'm so sorry um wrapping him down to the ring was good and then yes so seek and destroy Again, didn't see it live. Saw the tweets, and I said, oh, cool, they're doing the WSW thing. And I was like, I don't know what versions they're going to get. This is the nerd in me, let me tell you. <clears throat> the version that Sting came out to in WSW in 99 of Seek and Destroy was from, the, was from 1999 Woodstock. And it is a very, like, it's so different for a lot of different reasons, but it's a really good version of Seek and Destroy. Most people don't know that you know that that's what it was in WCW they don't know that it was on the WCW album which was like not great but it had moments uh yeah. <laughs> it did and then last night at all in uh he came out to the original version of Seek and Destroy from Kill em All which was like fine there's just something innately different about 1983 Metallica recorded on vinyl you know that style versus 1999 we've been a band for 20 years and we've been doing all the drugs and all the drinking. We've been on the road together. It's just a different sound. And so it was still really fun. Uh, the The little art house project where Sting is doing his English impression is so stupid, and I love it. Uh, and then the match was fine. The match is all just to get to all out. And the big change with Christian Cage was like, it was it was fine. Luchasaurus came out. They did the whole schmaz. It was fine. I don't know if you have anything to add.
1: I, it was what I expected it. Joel, you were very caught up on Sting's gonna go in the coffin. Sting's gonna go in the coffin. No, Joel, happy endings on this, and, that and that's what we got. We got Sting and, and Darby. They did some cool spots. Uh, Sting, you know, going to the table, everything with the the leg drop. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good match. Now we'll see where it goes after Swerve kind of kind of taking this loss. I assume things will kind of continue, but. Um, you know, AR Fox was trying to apologize to Nick Wayne on collision and everything. I don't think things are over. Obviously they're not over between Christian and Darby and Luchasaurus because we got the match on Sunday. Uh, but I, I hope they still have something lined up for swerve because they put him in a coffin here. He's got to bounce back from this somehow. So I'm, I'm not worried about swerve. I, he's good enough to, to make the most out of these things. But losing AR Fox was a tough deal for him because that was going well. And then they just decided to go where they were going to go with that. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see when it comes to this Swerve. I think you'll be okay.
0: One thing in the presentation that's pointed out to me. Yeah. Sting wore the red and black, the wolf pack style sting shirt. That was cool. So that goes with the, the 99 seeking and destroy entrance theme. We got a, a, Bits from Cyclops Better Than Logan over on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming, where I swear to God, we still exist. Only one women's match, and it was the shortest and person who no one wanted to win one. Booker of the Year, LOL. The, I'm sure someone wanted Saraya to win, and that's fine. The but family. Sure. The all, all 17 of them coming out and going boom, boom, clap. Yeah.
1: Her family uh, wanted her to win. All right, let's Let's talk about the the women's stuff and the the women's match. And Tony was asked about it in the press conference. He gave the Tony Khan answer. One, I think, oh, I was paying tribute to the original all-in with a four-way. And there was only one women's match on that show. That's stupid. That's, that's not a good answer. Saying like, oh, you know, it was just paying tribute to the original all-in where they only had one women's match and it was a four-way, so that's what we did. Ha, praise me for this. No, that's friggin' dumb. You can be better than that, okay? This is not a... You don't have to pay tribute to that original all-in by just booking one women's match and then that's how you're gonna pass this off and try to escape this. No, that's stupid. There should have been another women's match on this show. There should have been a women's battle royal at the very least, on zero hour, especially once you upped it to a two-hour zero hour, which I assume they knew they were going to do long before the the actual show because they flew Miro over there, they flew Hobbs over there, they had Grotto, Grado lined up. like They knew they were going to do some of this stuff. So I know people may have not been happy with Women's Battle Royal, but still, at least get them on the show, at least give them something. Um, I do, I, I will say I do agree with Tony about like the pacing and stuff because I thought the pacing was very good. It did not feel like a long show. I didn't think anything like fully overstated. It's welcome or dragged or anything like that. If you do add another w- women's match to the show, then it, stuff has got to get cut. You don't want to cut too much stuff. Like I, I kind of get where he's coming from with that. There's still no excuse not to have some type of women match on the pre-show when you had two hours on this. This is really just comes down to a bigger picture argument, a bigger picture criticism of AEW is there ain't that many interesting women stories going on. You Ruby and Stat, which is going to be this weekend, is literally Ruby just won a match and is like, "Hey, give me a title shot." And Stats like, okay, sure. Let's do a title match. Ruby's there. She's trying to help keep the Outcast together. She gets hit. And then that's that. The women's storytelling just hasn't been good. And that's the real criticism. Not put another women's match on the show, put another women's match on the show. Give the reason a chance to deserve the other women's match. Because that, even this one was just, hey, a little tournament here. You know, little mini tournament where Tony Storm gets a buy because we'd already booked a Sheeta match. So what Sheeta is now part of this tournament to get into this title match that she already has
0: type of deal. Um, I will say, okay, the way that they kind of got around that this that was clever. I I hate it, and we talked about this. I hated the way that Tony booked the entrance into this match, but Sheeta. Had a title defense lined up, so it was less Sheeta wins and she's in. It was more like, oh, Sheeta wins her title defense that was already scheduled, then she's gonna be in the match. So like it felt that it was like a "Mm, we kind of made it work, but again, the the overall was just like this is dumb. Why are you doing it this way? You could have had a story that built to a one on one match, even if you planned for Soraya three weeks ago to be the champion walking out of All In, could have done Sheeta versus Soraya, and that would have been fine too but here we are they didn't do it and you're right i think you have a very good point in that the stories are what is lacking in the women's division of AEW and the chris statlander and ruby soho stuff drove me up the wall and we talked about that last week where i said you have a fo- you have four women on collision in that tbs title story that just started something that people are enjoying you have willow you have diamante you have mercedes martinez and you have cristalander all four women are linked in the past and AEW loves loves to hit you over the head with things that happened in the past excalibur did it in the ftr uh, bucks match and was just like oh shades of full gear 2020 and i was like day i don't remember this but this is a company that loves to do that and to a certain degree i understand that it's rewarding your viewers But if you're not going to tell me the story of these four women leading to a TBS title match with some configuration of these four, what the bloody hell are we doing? And that's my biggest gripe with the women's division because you and I had a very heated conversation going into SummerSlam about the Trish and Becky stuff. And I had a very similar take to what you just said. It is the flow. It is the pacing. It is the way the card is set up. Could there have been another women's match? The Battle Royal we talked about once upon a time could have done it winner gets the women's world champion It all out or something, but we're not doing that. And they didn't do that. And they clearly didn't give a shit to do it. And Tony's answer just falls on deaf ears every single time because he just, he gets the same question and he answers the same thing. And people just, they, they, they don't just deal with it. They don't just deal with it, but they can't change it. And there's nothing being changed. And I think that's, what's most frustrating to me.
1: What I didn't like about his answer was like, we have a lot of great stars. You know, we 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 had to keep stars off of this show. And he pointed to, you know, next week we have Miro and Hobbs at All Out. It's like, yeah, but you still put Miro and Hobbs on this show. Like, they were still there. They still did, like, an angle. And then he couldn't name any other stars on the men's side that were left off the show because unless it was an injury, most of them were on this show. So, yeah, I I don't buy Tony's answer of oh, we, we had to leave a bunch of great stars off of this show. You know, it, 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 the, the time is limited. I do buy the answer that you don't want to mess the the flow and the pacing and stuff, because if you do put somebody on, you got to cut somebody. But that there's still no excuse for, okay, well, then tell better stories in the women's division and give them a chance to earn the opportunity to be on this show. Or you got two hours, put something on there to for the women to just give them a little something. And yeah, is, is it like... The least you can do? Are people still going to be mad about that in some way? Probably, but at least they're getting that opportunity on this stage to go out there and wrestle instead of all sitting at home. I still maintain Athena and Riho should have been on this show. I don't care how you could have just done a match between them because I really just want to see Athena and Rio in this match. But Athena's been their best booked woman between the two companies. She's been the best booked. She should have been on this show.
0: And if they're not going to put her on this show, I swear to God, just put her on the all out card. I don't care if it's a zero hour match. I don't care what it is. she deserves to be on that card, and there deserves to be a second women's match on that all out card i will see what they do when they get there, but i'm gonna first of all I, two things one there's a facebook uh comment that's because most people are watching on various other platforms I'm gonna bring this up this Sunday showed that impact wrestling has the best women's division, and you know what? I was there alive, and we're going to talk about it. And I'm so much looking forward to talking about Deanna Perrazzo and Trinity main eventing that show. They brought Gail Kim in on commentary. They had a woman uh, as the referee and a woman as the ring announcer because that is now the thing to do in wrestling, which, okay, sure. You know what? Showcase. Showcase what you've got. Showcase the women that you have. The the women's – the knockouts tag title four-way was also a lot of fun. We're going to talk about that. But I think it's worth talking about because – very much, people talk about the Impact Wrestling women's locker room, and you know what, fightful select.com You're going to have another addition to that locker room real soon, or at least a re edition So go check that out. Best five bucks in the business. Cyclops better than Logan I mean, says. I don't know. Sorry, what?
1: It's it's short and Grace. They
0: announced that. Night, but, so. Yeah, but they announced she's coming back, but we have the details. Okay. So we got, well, yeah, she
1: should be back at Victory Road. That's
0: that's yeah. the detail. Well, we're gonna yeah, but we got more details about. Okay, we
1: do have more details, but let's not act like we're we're giving away some go to FIFO Select, and you're gonna find out this big return that you don't know about. You know Jordan Grace is coming back. If you want more details,
0: it's in the headline. Return, it's in the headline of Fightful Select. Yes, it's in the headline of FIFO Select that is Jordan Grace, which you would have seen for free. <laughs> but then if you paid the five dollars, you get the details. Damn it, Jeremy, stop taking away my plug. Psychos is better than Logan over, it sends us bits. Uh it says, I don't know if Sasha banks Mercedes-Monet uh signing. Sorry, I don't know if Sasha's signing, but I don't know why she would want to join a company that puts so little effort into the women's division. Uh when that was her beef with WWE, in my opinion. So this is the thing. They showed Mercedes-Monet on the screen early in the uh in the match. Sorry, early zero in the show hour. in the zero hour. And, you know, people were excited. And she, of course, posted photos of herself at the London Eye and all that stuff. And I was just like, okay, cool. She's probably in London. I don't think she's able to compete yet. And people took photos of her still wearing her walking boot. Sure, okay. Um, but I'm kind of of the same mindset. It, it, the amount of times you can tell talent you're going to change the course of our division or you're going to make it better. Soraya was brought in a year ago at Grand Slam and said the exact same thing. And where are we now? Nothing's changed. She got a big fat-ass payday, which I'm sure her and the way she was brought up in wrestling with her family are like thrilled about. And sure, good for you, get the bag. If I'm mercedes Monet and I'm all about changing the game and I'm watching my former tag team partner do that right now in Impact, and that's not to say Mercedes wasn't isn't doing it or wasn't doing it before her injury, I wouldn't be running to AEW because I don't think there's any change that happens by you being there. The change comes from the booker and the storytellers making the stories matter to the audience. And they're not doing that with AEW's women's division right now.
1: I don't I don't know what what her plans are. I think she's doing much more for New Japan or was before she got injured, for New Japan and stardom than she's likely to do in AEW. At this point, I know AW is gonna run bigger shows. They're running, you know, they literally just ran the, the biggest show of all time yesterday. Um so I know like that stage is means a lot, and I think every wrestler probably wants to be on that stage. But she's doing more for New Japan and Stardom and wrestling on those shows than I think she could possibly do at AEW if she was just there weekly. Because, and this is not a knock on Mercedes and her star power or anything, anything like that. Jade Cargill has just as much star power as Mercedes. Jade Cargill is somebody who stands out immediately. Jade Cargill is not the wrestler that Mercedes is. I, I think that's very fair to say. But when you talk about look, charisma, presence, just the, the eye capture when you see Jade Cargill, it's there. Everything is there, and it, they could present her in a similar fashion, and they don't do it. They they did what they did with Jade. She can't have the. She doesn't have the matches that uh, Mercedes has. But if you want to just talk about someone who has all the the star power that could change the division, that should change the division. They had that, and they did what they did with her. So yeah, I don't think Mercedes being there every week is going to change that much because they they're just putting their efforts into everything else. I think I don't know if Mercedes is going to sign. I know there was a lot of rumor, a lot of talk that she was going to be part of Forbidden Door. There's now a lot of rumor, a lot of talk that she's going to be part of some type of show when they return. Wrestle Dream is supposed to have uh New Japan talent on it tony was pretty honest and and open of saying like we've talked we want to work something out seems hint hint wink wink nod nod that there will be uh some new japan talent on on russell dream if mercedes is cleared by then does she get a match maybe and maybe that's all she does maybe she just has a match but doesn't come in full time to me it looked like she was enjoying everything with japan enjoying that life enjoying that style and i think she was making an actual change on that and that doesn't preclude her from doing AEW stuff or possibly doing something with impact or going wherever she wants to go. Obviously if you're signed to AEW, your commitments are there and yeah, they let you do uh, a new Japan show or in this case, a stardom show or anything like that, but you still got to be committed to them over, over everything else. And I think she's just happier not doing that and just kind of traveling, taking time off at, at times. And then, Work in the shows and the matches.
0: She wants to work. Funny because as you were talking about uh, Mercedes and changing the game and all that stuff, I got a reply to a tweet about Jordan Grace and Impact, and someone said, "How does AEW not sign her?" And my immediate response was, "Looking at how their division is booked, that's how." I'm sure AEW does want her. We we
1: anytime these conversations are is think of what the other person there's two sides to a negotiation it's not just hey we want you here's a bunch of money the other person has to say hey cool i'll take this money and be happy with whatever you're going to give me the other person can say hey cool thanks for the interest but you know what i want to do this maybe make a little less money but pick and choose and realize i might just be better off doing all of these things instead of being locked into this where i'm maybe not going to have the opportunities that i want
0: We'll get to this uh, super chat from Caden and then we'll move on because uh, we don't want this to overstay. It's welcome. Caden uh, says, where, where is Jade Cargill? Well, she's, she's off. This was, this was yeah. always planned time off. So it's not like Tony's going to call her up and be like, hey, come back, please. Because if I'm Jade Cargill, I'd be like, you all me back? You got to pay me to come back right now. You got to make it worth my while. So. Could you imagine Jade Cargill in that stadium, though? Like- oh, champ mentality. Would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Why is Willow not on either of these pay-per-views? I agree. We just talked about it. Joshi Talent, same thing. They had Sheeta, who was the Women's World Champion, and that's about it. Collision Women's Story all of a sudden dropped. Division's a mess. That's exactly it. Just, it, it sucks, you know? The the Jade stuff you can't do anything about because she th- this was always planned, and you know what? I'm okay with them spending the time, giving her the opportunity to refresh, do whatever she needs to do to get right, or at least, like, if it's planned, the time off, and it, and she comes back better than ever, I'm all for it. But for everything else, Caden, yeah, you hit it on the head, just like we were talking about. Anyway, we're not going to overstay a lot. Well.
1: Unless yeah. you, want,
0: you want to add something?
1: I was going to say I agree with Cyclops is better than, than Wolverine here. be on commercials, on morning talk shows, and be as much star as Bianca. Tony doesn't care about making stars in the women's show. I'm with you. I, I do want to talk about like the media of All In uh, leading up to it because I want to go beyond what we just saw on the, the television screen, but after we recap the show.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so in the interest of things that overstayed its welcome, Chris Jericho sang his band. Had his band, sing him down to the ring. He did. The- hey, Do you know? Do you know what that is? Do you know that game? Hey,
1: Yeah, it's uh, a yeah. Freddie Mercury live aid.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the live aid. Do you
1: think Freddie Mercury was in the building, Joel?
0: Uh, maybe there? the spirit of Freddie through Emmy Sakura, who was not on the show. <laughs> Jim Ross
1: asking, is Freddie here? Spoffed me so much. Oh my Bless god. Bless him. Bless him.
0: Jericho heard all of us talking about how they were going to pre-record his vocals and said, ah, ah, ah. And unfortunately, <laughs> that came to come to pass. Anyway, the match with Will Ospreay was very good. Yeah. They had a Very solid outing. Will Ospreay is wrestling like he's looking for a contract with who? I don't care because wrestling is international. He's going to be a bound for glory. Will Ospreay doesn't give a shit. Will Ospreay is going wherever he can to get looked at and get eyes on him because he is working hard. Jericho did his share. Not going to tell you that it's Jericho being the guy, but... um, but he did a really good job of working with Will Osprey. The match was 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 really good, man. And then a lot of people talked about the ending of the match. So Will gets the victory, does the uh, hits the hidden, hits the hidden blade right to Jericho's face after doing the Stormbreaker a few times. Um, but really, what I what I wanted to touch on was the post match. I don't know if you want to go through any of the match itself because I want to talk about the Guevara and Jericho interaction post match.
1: Match was very good. Will Osprey is excellent. Um, just excellent excellent professional wrestler that William Osprey he did um he he did sorry I just got a, a message on something that, that took away my attention apologies everybody um they, they messed up the the one spot at the end uh they, they I don't remember exactly what it was but it looked like it was supposed to be like a power bomb and they kind of just lost it Jericho countering the stormbreaker with the hurricane Rana though that one I did not expect at all. Osprey carried a large portion of this match. If, if you go back and watch Osprey, but Jericho more than held his own given just how old he is. Chris Jericho steps it up in these moments, man. Say what you want about him. Again, another guy knows how to work. this stadium knows the little things you need to do and know. And it's just, you don't be around this long being the position he's in for this long. Uh, without, you know, being this good and understanding how all this stuff works on this. Chris Jericho knew who he was working with, knew how he needed to work, and did that. And outside of the little the little slip-up at the end, I, I thought it was a very good match.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. When a little slip-up happens, but the rest of the match is really good, people are very quick to just let it slide. Because sometimes wrestling is it's is at its best, even if you show a little reality in it. It doesn't have to be 100% polished. Uh, Caden sent us a super chat also saying, crowns up best in the world, Billy Goat. So there you go. He, he had a good match. Jericho was a big part of that as well. And uh, yeah, post-match Jericho is, <clears throat> he's upset. He's dejected. And the way that I think a, a few people, not a lot of people, but a few people had read it, was uh, Jericho and Sammy having some sort of, some sort of beef altercation a match it all out the way that i read it and maybe it'll exacerbate itself on on wednesday and it'll become a match for all out the way that i read it in the moment was jericho was just pissed off that like everything's come crashing down around him he's not winning matches he lost a big wembley match that he was so psyched for uh he, he was just like give me a minute give me a minute and Sammy being like, no, no, like, let me, let me console you. And Jericho being like, no, I want, I want to be away from this. I want to be alone, but you're not letting me. He didn't push Sammy. He didn't shove him. He just kind of said, like, no, like, let me go cry in the corner over here because I'm sad. Again, that could end up on Wednesday, Sammy being upset and being the little kid talking to his veteran and being like, you know, how dare you? And it turns into a match. But at the moment, I was just like, no, this is just dejected, baby faced Jericho. So I don't know if you felt any difference.
1: I thought it was an unnecessary thing that took away from Will Osprey's yes.
0: win. Is yes, what
1: I thought. I was like, "Oh, can we not do like this Jericho and Sammy uh soap opera stuff right now? Like can we leave that for another time? Let Osprey get his big celebration. Let him get his moment and do that stuff later on." Uh yeah, I'm I can see it both ways of, of Jericho just being dejected like give me a moment and Sammy being one. So I can also just see him of like, go screw yourself. We'll, we'll let it play out and we will, we will see uh, what happens on, on Wednesday, I guess, between Jericho and Sammy. At least Sammy was there. You know, the rest of the guys, I guess they left Jericho, but they, they were not there. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at with with everything on jericho and the the inner circle don't worry everybody jericho's gonna get plenty of tv time to tell the story
0: how many people hold on so sammy made it but but so hager 2.0 danny garcia and i mean i guess you know ty, ty is, she's well anna J. let's just let's just take anna J out but for four the they were just the members of Fuzzy. they got the plane tickets instead they had to come over and, of course, Jericho did everything we said that he would do the night before at the Rev show.
1: Yeah, he did show up uh, <laughs> as expected. Chris Jericho loves a good mask attack, man. He could show up on these indie shows. He loves that. Bless it him. was
0: so funny because I, I posted this, like, late at night. When, when it happened, I found the Fightful Select report about the Osprey versus Jericho match at All In being talked about. And this was, like, a month ahead of All In, I should say. It was All In, not All Out. And I, t- I tweeted it out, in just the headline, and I said, July 27th at 3.52 p.m. was the moment I knew Jericho was going to show up at the Rev Pro show <laughs> and take out Will Ospreay. And I just I had to pop myself with that. But anyway, uh, Trio's match was good. I loved the Bray Wyatt uh, tribute at the beginning. That was very classy. It was very sweet. I love that Buddy just kind of produced it it just kind of it just just kind of came out from the back and he put it down uh you could see that uh, Malachi was he he looked down at it it was all, like he was saying something to it but it was a very sweet moment very very like perfect moment for that group um match was fine badass billy Gunn having 2ds and bad because every other name that he has has two letters in it next to each other so that's why it's badass billy gun with two d's uh it was fine the match was fine new trios champions are the house of black a bunch of baby faces now that they've given up the titles and what was the extra stipulation because it was a house rules match i didn't catch it
1: it was um they said it they said it beforehand i honestly already forgot what somebody in the chat no will, holds will barred it. okay yeah no holds barred yeah all right so there they did it. They did their little house rules gimmick. Yeah, Billy, Billy Gunn. Uh the wife just messaged no DQ. So yeah, that, that's what they decided to go with. Yeah, them giving up the titles was sort of weird. Hey, hey Joel, Joel, no holds barred. Joel. They're
0: on delay. Joel. Give them a break. They're on a delay. It was no holds
1: barred. Hey Joel. It was no holds Joel. Hard. No holds barred. <laughs> Anyone
0: else want to chime in with no holds barred? <laughs> While you're here, nice movie. I was thinking about that too, but I hate that guy. Anyway, just thumbs up.
1: He was in Japan and America at the same time. (laughs)
0: That's right. You know that he had 450 matches in a year because he would catch up on the time by flying back and forth to Japan. God, this man.
1: He faced Brock Lesnar after Brock won the UFC heavyweight title as well.
0: He was going to be a pride fighter back in 1979. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years before pride
1: um yeah acclaimed one they got their big moment then how's the black giving up the titles was like a little weird it's like you guys are these spooky dudes who like steal masks and put curses on people and just are generally mean and not nice and it's like hey here's your belts where are we going with this i guess we'll we'll find out on everything i i don't know if that was fully necessary but maybe they'll turn it in into something
0: yeah and otherwise the match was fine. Uh, I really wish that they had done this at uh, at Chicago. That's just me, though. Billy
1: Gunn yelled, suck my dick, in front of 81,000 people. Very loud.
0: I mean, that's why they did it. In <laughs> <laughs> and in the main event, MJF versus Adam Cole, uh, this match was uh, so It was good. Okay. I really enjoyed the match for a lot of different ways. But it, this was very, uh, I don't know. It was. They did the double down with the clothesline spot. Cute. One, two, three. Bryce Remsberg counts three. And then they like, they they hearken back to the, give me five more minutes. And they're like, no, we're going to, it just, it was, a. they got really cutesy with it. And those parts I didn't really love. The match itself, when they were fighting each other and doing the moves and doing this stuff, it was really fun and really good. Uh, and yeah, just, they were just kind of rehashing, but also reminding us that they're both dickheads and they're both just bad human beings but you love them anyway mjf wins he retains hugs adam cole after giving him his ring of honor tag title they they tease a little bit and yeah it was just it was fine it was a but i'm i'm really like yeah i know you're gonna you're gonna have a lot to say about it but i just i went into it just being like yeah okay this is fine but i didn't walk away loving every single piece of it there was just a lot going on go ahead
1: I think this this sums yes. it up. Confirm I have no friends. Friendship.
0: No, you know what? When when I when <laughs> when when Impact offered me four tickets to last night's show, I had to bring my family. Okay, I'm not friends <laughs> with my family. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But whoa. Anyway, I I I do in fact hate friendship. I have no friends. <laughs>
1: I thought it was a very good match. Both men worked very well. Uh, they, they worked very hard. Everything looked crisp and clean. You know, they were they were telling the story on here. And, and the story was it, Adam Cole is kind of more of an asshole than MJF. And that is what everybody was kind of believing by the, not the end of it, but that's where everybody's head was sort of as like, oh man, Adam Cole is going to be the one to turn he's he's gonna be the one to turn and that's gonna be the big thing at the the end of this and they teased it a lot Roddy Strong came out there and handed him the title and he he couldn't do it MJF was the good guy put the ring back he he wasn't gonna use the title um I I did you know Adam Cole is about to win by count out that's that was my biggest gripe with the match is he's going to win by count out. Rimsbury gets up to to nine and then MJF has to do the quick stand and dive in there. If Adam Cole cared more about the title than anything, why didn't he just, you know, stop the count on that? I think that kind of showed that he didn't just care all about the title that he was just, okay, I win, but that would have been, that was the one thing that, that I was like, Oh, Cole probably should just stop the count. Like let's have a real winner type of thing there. Otherwise, I thought the story they were telling was was good. Did it get a little cute? Maybe. I can understand if you think that. But in the end, they hugged it out. And this is where once they won the titles on the pre-show, the ROH tag team titles, I told I'll take my victory lap. I said this was going to be a happy ending show. And when they won the ROH tag team titles, it further confirmed to me that it was going to be a happy ending show because I did not think they were going to do the tried and true cliche of, Hey, let's put the belts on them. But then now we have tag team partners who hate each other. And what are we doing with the ROH tag team titles? Are they just going to lose them? Or are we going to have one person just go, a, a, you know, drop it and be like, here, you take this type of thing. I was like, no, I think they're going to just be best friends and defend them until they're, they lose them in some type of triple threat match or however, they're gonna lose them. Um yeah, it, it it went how I kind of expected it to go. And they tried to do enough teases to make it make you feel like it wasn't going to be that way. And now I'm just wondering what they're setting up for all outs. Are they are we getting two MJF and Adam Cole against the kingdom? At all outs, like for the ring of all all
0: tag team championships and your main yeah. events, could you imagine? I mean, listen, when we talk about payback, it's not like they're doing much else on that side of the aisle either. So they could. I don't think they should, but uh, I, I'm. I we're gonna jump to the to the media stuff real quick, but. Um, When they announced they're going to come back to Wembley next year, and most of social media was like, please don't do it the week before All Out. And then Tony Khan doubled down and said, guess what we're going to do? And I just said to myself, you're just shooting yourself in the foot for no reason, bud. What are we doing? And I said, yeah. like, at least move all out around at this point. If you're gonna do London for all in, at least put all out in a different city at this point, because you can't piss off Chicago every year because you're about to if this is the way you want to do it. You have to uh
1: you you have to keep with tradition. Tony Khan, very big on the tradition, and that's what he's going with here. Traditions, baby.
0: What, what? I am going... Tony
1: Khan has turkey at Thanksgiving, Joel. You do not break that man's tradition.
0: The man is fucking Tevya, the milkman from Fiddler on the Roof. He <laughs> sings about tradition. He just he can stand on the top of your press conference and just say tradition. And I'm just going to sit there and say that was good. Hold on. Hold on. We're burying the lead of Joel Pearl's voice there. I know how to sing Jeremy Lambert. We've been here before. Guy, I thought you were a guitar player. Not all guitar players can sing. I, think, I, I, used, to, I used to sing with bands as well. Um, oh, yeah, that I was just, good. Shit. Well, thank you. Um, now I can't be angry at Tony anymore. Because so nice <laughs> <things. laughs> I just... I, I'm so over Tony Khan doing this fucking tradition dance. Because I've watched it at every single Jewish wedding I've ever been at. It's not good. It's very frustrating. All
1: right, so you didn't like this match because you hate friendship. Did you <laughs> hate that they... <laughs> Did you hate that they won the tag team titles as well? They won with the double clothesline. You hit the kangaroo kick, <laughs> double <laughs> clothesline,
0: baby. So no, I didn't hate that they won. Okay. It's not that I didn't like or hate it. I just kind of looked at it and, like you, when they won I was like, oh yeah, no, they're gonna end the show with the friendship and the Pally Pals and everything. Yeah, that's fine. That doesn't bug me, but what what bugged me more was just like, are they going to be on ROH now? Because your ROH World Champion sure as shit isn't. I mean, when well, he shows up on a backstage segment once every couple of weeks, That's... has a match maybe once a month, now you get your tag titles. Oh, and it's not It's not like Lucha Bros were showing up either.
1: Yeah, those tag titles weren't really on the shows anyway.
0: So. <laughs> it's just... But again, like this is the this is the big thing. This is a Kate and Reg conversation, and I'm lucky that I kind of get to get into it every Thursday for like two minutes on the crossover between the ROH post show and the Impact post show. But the, this just kind of furthers the Ring of Honor doesn't matter mentality that a lot of people are getting. Um, if their hope is that someone's gonna subscribe to Honor Club because these two are the tag champs, I can t- guarantee you now, don't bother. <laughs> Because they'll have them on for one week for the taping, and then that'll be it. So they'll be at final battle, maybe, or they'll just drop the tag titles at uh, at all out or on dynamite as early as this Wednesday. Who knows?
1: I'm I'm convinced they're going to defend these titles at all out.
0: Like, by the way. I, I... Sorry, I, I keep seeing this this Keyshawn in the chat being I mean, like friendship is more important than booking friendship, more important than titles. Like there is a certain realist, like there's a certain reality to that statement. And they keep saying it. And it's like, I wish friendship storylines didn't exist and all that. And it, it, there was a lot of that. So
1: said you know, people don't who don't have friends. Yeah. Get yourself some friends.
0: They want to go to the impact tapings. With this, me
1: this company was founded because of just people who were friends. All right. They're just paying they're paying homage to the entire company, all about the friends. Yep. Why are you a hater of friends, <laughs> Joel? <laughs>
0: I'm. You know what? I'm not not a great show. Kind of overrated, if we're being honest. That's true. Very much so. They made a lot of money, though. Uh, I do. Did you? You wrote this article, so I just had to point it out. Cody with the Pharaoh plushies that are coming out. I just saw that.
1: (laughs) Bless Cody.
0: I just love it. he's like a little stuffed animal of Pharaoh. It's accurate. Brown nose, blue eyes. I'm like, that's all you got? No white fur. No one eyes brown. don't know, It's funny.
1: I got. Uh, I got the white. The wife has sent in a very good message talking about tradition and we're talking about friends. Tony Khan is just paying tradition to the entire company of, of friendship. The company was founded on friendship. He's paid. He's a man of tradition. He's paying tradition to the company by having friendship. Joel, just don't,
0: just don't ask him what those friends are doing backstage and their roles as executive vice presidentes. <sighs> anyway, listen, all in as a whole was a really fun show. I liked a lot of it. I liked, I'd say I'd like most of it. Um, we highlighted certain things that kind of annoyed us, but I think you and I both agreed that the show was largely enjoyable. And now they have a couple of episodes of TV before uh, all out in Chicago. I'm hoping that they get real dense and heavy with it, but they also in terms of like the content, but I also hope that they don't just kind of oversaturate because there was a lot going on at all in, uh, in the last couple of weeks to build to it. But now we have to build to, another pay-per-view where we're expecting another $50 paid to get it. So it's weird. It's it's a weird position to be in. And I don't like that. They're trying to make this an annual tradition to do two pay-per-views back to back. You better have Tony Khan is like, if I'm going to keep doing this, I better have a streaming deal very soon because you can't keep doing I, this shit.
1: I don't like that. They're adding more pay-per-views. That's what I don't like. You want to do your back-to-back pay-per-views fine. Whatever. Stop adding stuff. We got a pay-per-view now in October. We have three AEW pay-per-views in like six weeks. What what are we doing here? Like I got- that's yeah, and back to back shows, that's tough. That's a lot of booking. Tony even said he's gonna miss the Jaguars game because they're in London the same weekend as WrestleDream. And he's like, Well, can't go to London, gotta be here for WrestleDream. And
0: everything no you like, don't tony go ahead leave someone else in charge and see what happens i bet it course. turns out pretty good <laughs> leave rocky in charge let rocky run the show why not maybe evil will return the iwgp world heavyweight championship <laughs> maybe it'll happen i don't know um but
1: yeah he's, he's got a busy he's got a busy time coming up i i'm gonna make just a couple quick comments and then we'll and i say quick like a, that's a that's a lie. um and then, then we'll kind of wrap up with, with all in. First, I'm going to get the negative out of the way first. Big show, monumental show. And this does sound negative. You know, 81,000 people it was what they reported. Seems legit when it comes to paid. When it comes to paid. Uh, seems pretty legit and everything. Here's one criticism I kind of have for it. Didn't feel, some of the production did not make it feel Like it was like this big monumental show. Some stuff did the, the big pyro going off and everything. Yes. I did like the stage, no buses, Joel. Uh,
0: yeah. Buses, no taxi cabs, no bobbies, no big hats, no nothing. When that happened, I turned the show off.
1: (laughs) Um, you know, I I like the stage, the the wide, wide screen. They did some cool stuff with that and everything. I assume they didn't go big elaborate set because they wanted to go as many people as possible. Maybe in future years they will go big elaborate sets. Um I I think this will sell well every year moving forward, though. I will say the one thing that I think WWE does very well when it comes to these big shows that AEW did none of yesterday which maybe you can improve on moving forward is video package stuff and I, I point this out because you know we, we lost Bray Wyatt uh, last week and one of the best video packages of all time is him and Cena Wrestlemania 30 uh, and I'm not just saying that because they used the Eminem song uh, but like that's a fantastic video package and then I rewatched that and that led me to watching um, the monster video with uh, Danielson which WrestleMania 30, that production team was on with that Danielson video and that Bray and Cena video. But we talk about like great video package and WWE always says like the big cold open video. That's really well produced and stuff. It gets you like in the feeling, in the moment for it. AW just jumped right into things. And then their video packages for some of these match were either like two seconds long, or they were just what you would see on dynamite. Like, I wanted just a little bit more get you into the moment of this match and make it feel like, Oh shit, I'm about to witness something like spectacular right now. And they've done it before. They're few and far between. This is where I think AW, when they want to do these good long video packages, they can, but they just don't do it very often. I think for something like all in, when you're talking about this big of a show, I would maybe like to see like a big video package for something like this i also understand the argument of like let's just do the action get to the matches we don't want to undercut any of that Keyshawn says the lack of build didn't help and that's certainly true is like the lack of build didn't help but see okay so i'm fine with um match videos if you're not gonna do a big one there should have been a big video package uh to open the show of like all in five years ago everything it meant everything it encompassed all in today kind of just all the quick and dirty history of AEW of how we got from here to here should have been a big video package for that like that's you got all that footage you got all that history you could have put something really good together to just tell the story there and they they didn't do any of that. And Louie, I, I get that makes sense. The constant video package. It's everybody ruin the live experience. Hey, I get it. But you know, when you knock it out of the park on some of these video packages that they do for WrestleMania and stuff, I'm willing to sit through, sit through those. Cause that gets me more amped for that. And I understand not everybody's the same, but I do think they should have had like a cool video package, um, a cool video package to open the show. And then the, the other thing I'll talk about on, on the media side is, I, I tweeted this, so I won't get too much into it. You know, it was their biggest show. They did do media from outlets that typically don't cover on the media when it comes to AEW. Um, Tony Khan did some did an interview with like the Hollywood Reporter. There was a lot of Muscle and Fitness. I think they had Muscle and Fitness there at the uh, press conference as well. Uh, they, so there were there was a lot of outlets that you typically don't see covering wrestling. Uh, shout out to MJF, Adam Cole, Sheeta. Sheeta did a ton of media uh, in the weeks leading up to All In. Shout out to all of them for doing a lot of media in US. I know Soraya did a lot of UK media. I expected more out of Jericho. Jericho only did like a couple of interviews. I thought he would do a little bit more just because he's Jericho, one of the faces, has done a lot of this stuff. I kind of expected more from Sting just because Tony likes to get Sting out there a little bit. Darby did a few local hits. Um, but he, he comes off across well in media the bucks did one thing with Sports Illustrated uh I thought they could have done more I they, would have liked more they just don't that's the thing with the bucks. I know and, and I understand I understand that like the bucks and Kenny don't do a lot of media but like again when you're talking about this big of show and you're you're a big reason why the first all in happened. And now you're a big reason why this all in is happening. Like, I think you just got to put yourself out there more and do this stuff. And I understand there's certain questions you don't want to answer. But clearly, you don't have to talk about this stuff. Again, the Bucks did an interview with SI. They were asked about Cash Wheeler. It's like, oh, you know, it's unfortunate. We could do what we do. Nothing about Punk was asked. I assume these people know, hey, don't ask about that. If it's a written interview, you can cut all that out anyway. You just got to do this media. It's part of the gig. It's part of the gig. You know, Cody says that all the time. Drew McIntyre wants to do this media. Like Sometimes you just got to, for these big matches, these big shows, you got to go out there and do it. Moxley was another one, and Moxley's not a like didn't do like doing a ton of media, but another guy who probably just could have done more given his position in the company and the the magnitude of this show. I would have liked to seen more from them, but we got what we got. Maybe in in future they will continue to do more media on this stuff because it was lighter than what you would see from a typical big WWE show. WWE they they fucking hit everywhere when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to media and, you know, we had the super chat earlier of Bianca. Bianca's on like the, the today show with Montez. Like the, she's, she's everywhere on this stuff. If they can put Bianca to do an interview, Bianca's doing an interview. Yeah, I, I actively searched this stuff. SummerSlam week. I listened to about five different Bianca Belair interviews, just local, like kind of stuff that wasn't even counting all the major interviews she did. she, her, Drew, Cody—they're everywhere when it comes to the media. So lessons for for AW. Otherwise, like let's celebrate this show—monumental show for the company, monumental show for wrestling. We have a viable second company that can run these gigantic stadium shows. I think it was a, a cause for celebration, and it was a very good show. Like, really, really good show. Like, a memorable show for a lot of reasons, and uh. Now, sadly, what you've done for me lately. Now we're another
0: show this weekend. You went robotic for a second. Or are you back? Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually, I want to, I want to add one thing to the media topic that you were talking about, um, and that is Darby Allen, because for the longest time, Darby wasn't a talker. Darby didn't really want to be a talker, but over the last little while, he's become a talker and a very good one at that. When I was at the uh, the Toronto press conference for uh, the, the post-forbidden door press conference, they ran the silly Jericho setup to do the, uh, the tag match. But up until that point, it was Darby and Sting sitting at the press conference. Everyone was asking Sting questions. I get it. It's fine. And then Darby at one point just kind of cut the tension. It was just like, oh, no one wants to talk to me. All right. Fuck me then. And he just kind of like removed himself from the press conference. And at that point, I was like, I kind of want to ask Darby a question because – you can tell that there is just a level of comfort that's starting to shine through, and, it, and it's happening with his promos now, and people are rightfully praising him for it. I like seeing that development with wrestlers who never really had that big of an opportunity to have big media hits and things like that. And I like that Darby is, is, is putting himself out there to do it. So um, just kudos to him. And, and someone had asked, you know, did the, the Bucks or Omega do the media scrums? No, they don't. I have never seen the Bucks and Kenny do a media scrum unless it was when Kenny won the title and did a defense. I can't think of a time where they've done it. Don's done it for Kenny before, I'm almost certain. but I don't think Kenny's done a They did. Well,
1: you know, Kenny won the title during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, it was during the pandemic too. So like media wasn't really going to, to them anyway. Yeah, I think the Bucks did one early... In in AEW, um, because I do remember there's like a there's like a photo of them standing, uh, in front of. They just have like the backdrops, no chairs. You just had to like stand there the entire time. Uh,
0: can't get so a water. Can't get a chair. <laughs> what the hell, man?
1: Yeah, I think the Bucks did one early, but yeah, they look. I understand media is not everybody's favorite thing. Like sure. Fine, but like it's when you're a company this big now, like it's it's part of the gig. It's it's part it's part of the gig, and like you just you got to do this stuff. Keyshawn saying none of them are good on the mic, and you don't have to be good on the mic for the media scrub. You just answer the question,
0: like you just. And, and some people just like yeah have three word answers and that's it. Orange Cassidy is is fine on the mic if you give him the opportunity, but like he goes into those press conferences and half fabes and half answers and it's entertaining as hell in three words yeah you you just, you just got to
1: answer the question you don't have to be great on the mic to to do that just be yourself like that's that's kind of it um i i think all of those guys should just be doing a little bit more media and if they don't want to do it fine you know hey look more power to them i don't want to talk to any i wouldn't want to talk to any of us anyway i would like the bucks on here let's talk some basketball I would, uh, you know, I don't care to ask about the hard hitting questions. Let me just ask you about basketball and Taylor Swift. That's all I give
0: a shit about. Bucks, let's get an interview together. We're not going to talk about wrestling. You'll be on in the weeds, and we'll get in the weeds about basketball and- with Jeremy. And then I'll ask about uh, sneakers. Uh, Do you know Jeremy. about shoes, Joel? No, I-, I wore my Nikes yesterday. That's about as good as it gets. And uh, I wear Docs in the winter and fall. So there you go. There, you could okay, have well, talk about video games. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let's, uh, let's. I, if you're ready, we can transition away from this. From I think all- so. Okay.
1: Congratulations to AEW, a tremendous show. One of the greatest shows ever. And we have another big show in AEW coming up. It's going to be just as big as All In. It's All Out on Sunday.
0: Are they going to have 80,000 people at the, the United Center?
1: Why are they running more pay-per-views, Joel? Do you know how upset I was? Do you know how much tony khan killed my vibe kendrick lamar famously said bitch don't kill my vibe and tony khan killed my vibe when he's like we're gonna do more pay-per-views i i got my music and my drink and this bitch killed my vibe and i was not a fan of it
0: listen you could have more AEW pay-per-views or we could have been sitting here talking about NWA7. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> no, we don't
1: have to talk about
0: that shit at all. <laughs> Next. <laughs> anyway, so SmackDown. Uh I I think the the show was exactly as it should have been. I think they did a good job of straddling the line between having great um Sorry, but not just video packages, but um, tributes to uh, to Wyndham Rotunda and to Terry Funk. I think that Cody coming out to eulogize Terry was really, really smart and really good. I think LA Knight absolutely just hit it out of the park, and I said it on Twitter. He found a way to straddle that line between his character and eulogizing the guy that he was in a feud with. Just go back and watch it. Everything he said, just it just worked for that. He blurred it perfectly. And if you don't understand how good LA Knight can be, conversation Steven promo like Jensen. that. Steven Jensen, that's right. It, that, that's, the, that's the place where you should start to really understand. Um, the matches were what they were. The, the street fight, I know it got a lot of flack. I think a lot of people need to, need to remember they were in Kentucky. They were in Louisville. You have something to add.
1: I blame the fans for that street fight.
0: Because they wanted tables? Because they chanted for
1: tables and they got what they chanted for. You wanted more shit? You wanted forks? You wanted fire? You wanted branding irons? Chant for it. All right? You chanted Fair. for tables, you got tables. It's the well, fans' fault.
0: You see, the Kentucky Athletic Commission, being who they are, uh, they're not very big on branding irons, which is ironic because it's Kentucky. But, so, you know, and, and all family members, when you're born in Kentucky, they just go, on the backside of your child that's how they bring it ask sean he's got a birthmark somewhere on that i'm sure of it don't ask me how i know i'm just going by historical so records do you know joel i don't historical records jeremy mm-hmm. lambert anyway that's why the street fight was literally a table spot and no blood they had it was the best of the worst circumstance i love that they built to the table spot that worked um, but yeah, the the match the match was what it was. I just saw a lot of people complaining, myself included, and I said this is the most WW nineteen ninety four hardcore match you can ever find. And I got the right people to pop for that, including Jeremy. So we're good. Uh, and then they built a few things for payback. So we now know that Cody Rhodes is going to be on the Grayson Waller effect. They will do a talkie talk show. <laughs> and uh, what else are they doing? They they're doing um, they announced Another match that I was like, rain theory, rain theory.
1: There was and another LA one. Knight and Miz. I was expected.
0: Yeah, it's it's so. just it's, it's going to be a, a B show. You've already paid your five bucks. Have fun.
1: Hey, you're getting you're getting Seth and Shinsuke. That's a really good match. Yes. You know, Becky Becky and Trish has overstated welcome a little bit, uh, but the blow off is it payback in a cage match. So there you go.
0: And it might just be the main event. Yeah,
1: very That's well, nice. it could be the main event. I, I thought when it came to SmackDown. Like anybody like criticizing a tribute show is an idiot would knock that off right now. They had roughly 24 hours to do what they could with this. The video package was sadly amazing. Um, I hope people understand what I, what I mean when I say that, like it was very sad, but it was very well put together, very well produced. The, the music, everything hit like that was just great, great job by them and putting that together. Uh you know the the opening with the Eric Rowan was there. It fucking sucks that this guys had to do this uh you know so often over the past couple of years showing up at AEW for Brody and now wb for for Bray. That's awful. And but you know everybody at the top of the ramp and the the 10 bell salute for both Terry and Bray. Everything was really well done. And I said it Friday before the show of like, we're not going to fantasy book a tribute show because that's stupid. We're not going to be mad at however they do this tribute show because circumstances are circumstances. And and Seth came out and he said, like, I wanted to be there, but I also want to spend time with my family. And Bray always told me, like, you know, when you get those moments, spend time with your family, spend time with your family. And so he had the day off. And he wanted to be there with his family knowing he was going to work Saturday and he had the tribute to Bray Saturday. And he spoke a little bit after the house show and and the fireflies came out and stuff. It's just very emotional uh, tribute at the, the the live event on Saturday, which I'm sure you can find online. Alexa said she wanted to be there, couldn't get a flight and everything. Like it was going to be tough for certain people to get there and, you can't knock anybody for that. You can't knock them for how they're going to grieve, the how they choose to spend their time. You certainly can't knock if they can't get a flight or anything. You'll have the second half of the roster or another half of the roster tonight on Raw. I imagine they will continue to pay tribute because there will be you know, people who are not there on Friday who will want to pay their own respects here tonight on Raw. And then you know we'll, we'll see who's there if they're not there. Okay, however they are processing is completely their choice. But I expect more tributes and stuff for Raw. And yeah, it was it was a very, sadly, again, hopefully people get what I mean, sadly a very good episode of, of SmackDown. And I think they they handled it as, as well as you can in the circumstances. Uh, Cody's promo was really fun. The hardcore, Terry Funk hardcore invitational circumstances dictate they were in Kentucky. What he you can do? Had they been anywhere else to do this? Maybe it would have been paying more tribute to Terry Funk. Um, But it, it was just, it sucked that it's like for a lot of reasons, but that they couldn't do a little bit more. Again, I blame the audience. And then yeah, LA Knight's promo was uh fantastic. And the, the closing with the, the lantern and everything was really well done. And the, the big image of him on the screen, that was really well done. It was a well-produced show. And you know, kudos to, to WWE for having to put that together and putting together the show they did in roughly like 24 hours notice.
3: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At US Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
0: Can we say egg-sucking dog on Fox, Michael?
1: <laughs> Cody's the fucking best, <laughs> dude. Never let anyone tell you that Cody Rhodes is not like one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. I, I, I mean this sincerely. Of all time, Cody Rhodes is one of the greatest professional wrestlers. I, fight me on that if you would like. Steven Jensen agrees with me. But just every aspect of pro wrestling, the man gets it. The man gets it, and the man understands it. Better, and I mean literally every single aspect. Because you can knock some of these greats when it comes to certain things. There ain't no knocks on Cody. Merchandise, media, promos, the, the stuff he has to do in the ring, how he carries himself, how he presents himself. Cody gets it all. Bless him
0: since uh we're gonna probably finish up with uh the emergence talk uh the impact talk i just want to hit on uh raw actually has a few things announced so since we're talking about wwe you may as well get to that uh becky lynch and zoe stark in a falls count anywhere match that should be fun i feel like we just did that last two weeks ago with somebody else but whatever we'll see uh chad gable and ludwig kaiser oh that's the other one gable and uh and Gunther is probably going to be a payback match. They'll probably announce that tonight. That'll be fun, actually. Tommaso Ciampa versus big Bronson Reed. Uh, By the way, congratulations to Bronson Reed. Looking forward to uh, hearing about the story he he and his wife are expecting. They've been on a a very long and arduous IVF journey. It sounds like something good has happened, so looking forward to good news there. Uh, And New Day take on the Viking Raiders, and that should be just a fun match where... Two guys beat up two big dudes. <laughs> Do you think uh Drew and, and Matt Riddle get involved?
1: Uh, I, I think that the new day probably just win. It's there's stuff announced. I'm gonna be honest, this ain't like the 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 show that I'm most looking forward to. It's just there's stuff. There's matches waiting for Gargander to come back with Choppa. That's all I, I'm looking forward to on that side of things. Who will Zoe? Co-
0: team up with to face the judgment day this week why is it Sammy? (laughs)
1: that's really it like we don't know what judgment day is doing on this show they're the they're the draws when it comes to to raw everything yeah cody will be there cody cody will be great as he always is i assume cody's just gonna face priest just
0: a singles match i feel like they just did that but do it again run it back run it back baby there you go so that's the Raw tonight that'll be a show Uh, I'll probably watch the first two hours and then catch up on the third after I... Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not watching Raw Live because I will be at the Impact TV tapings tonight. Joel, set a calendar reminder. (laughs) Anyway, I went to Impact Emergence last night. I need to tell this story real quick. I... uh, I normally go with Tim. And people might remember from Tim and Joel Colton Ring. Tim has since really just become my producer, my camera guy, my editor, my amazing like technical guy. Um, he was unavailable. Uh, his, his sister was getting married. Congratulations to her. And so he couldn't come. So I had tickets. My brother's in town. I talked about this on the last show. Uh, my brother's in town along with uh, his fiance. They, they're engaged. Uh, and my parents were also in town. I had a I I was offered a bunch of tickets by Impact and I brought my brother, my fiance, my mom and my dad for my the, to the Impact show. This was my my mom's first ever wrestling show. My dad, I think this may have been his first as well. My brother's been to wrestling shows with me his fiance has not been a wrestling fan in many, many years. I uh, used to watch in, ho- in her home country, um, but she was interested and she had a lot of fun. My mom was, everyone had fun. My mom was like, that was way too long. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> it's a long night at a nightclub. I didn't expect my, my night to be spent explaining to my family wrestling while simultaneously sitting with wrestlers. <laughs> Because we were in the back corner in the VIP section, that we 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 found those seats, and like nobody told us to move, but it happened to be right by the the <laughs> door where talent can just come like freely. It, it was by the stage, so back corner by the stage, uh, talent can come freely hang out. So at one point, <clears throat> Sway Archer, which a lot of people might know, uh, is is a great wrestler, but also makes a lot of gear that you see on various tv wrestling platforms including at emergence he did sonata's gear i think he said on like five hours notice and he did a fantastic job because that the this the 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 mirror style gear looked really good on sonata and it was it was good stuff so sway was there hanging out kevin knight comes up to me he's like they serve food here and i'm like I just laughed. <laughs> you could have warned them about that beforehand. I knew they didn't
1: serve food there.
0: Right. You got to watch the show, Kevin. So yeah. I was always told no, and then they ended up ordering food. They'd be overreached it, whatever. Uh, and this is my favorite part. During the eight-man tag, so <clears throat> Steve Macklin is back in, 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 in Impact. Good to see him back. He's cleared. He's, he's it's Don't good. Don't lie. I, I, I'm going to beat him up. I promise you. I swear to God I'm going to do it. But anyway. Uh, so Steve Macklin comes back when Steve Macklin came back he came in exactly from where I was sitting so he blew right past me at the same moment I was having a conversation with Tommy Dreamer who had come out during the eight-man tag and just said is the seat taken and I'm like no the guy got a seat next to me is fine so he comes he sits between me and Kevin Knight and he's just like I like to watch in the back but like I can't hear the crowd I get it and you know so he's like we're just we're chit-chatting, watching the match, and he's enjoying it. His, his best pal, Bully, is in the match, so clearly he wants to watch that. And and everyone else in the match is a really good worker. And, uh, and then PCO comes out, and PCO returns from you know wanting to beat up Bully, and they put him through a table from the top of the ramp, and it's a wild spot, and they get him high up in the air, do Moose and Myers, and it's a great spot, the the, the powerbomb spot. And Tommy just looks at me, and he says, now I'm 52. PCO is like somewhere between 55 and I think he said like 60 or something like that. Like PC, PCO is, is older than me. He's what he's saying. And he's like, uh, bless him for, for still wanting to do all these spots yet. yada. No sold it. Yes. And I, and I said to Tommy, I said, first of all, find yourself somebody who loves, who loves to hate his body as much as PCO. <laughs> and then he laughs and he's just like, you know, we're, we're just chatting. I said, I just said out of curiosity because I know you do some of the like producing and agent stuff. Have you ever told PCO like maybe that's a little too far? And he's like, absolutely not, <laughs> because if it, because if 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 I was younger and still doing this, I'd be going up to that second floor balcony and saying, oh, I could jump off of that. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't stupid doesn't tell stupid what to do or something like that uh so just had a really fun conversation with tommy shout out to him he doesn't he doesn't know who i am he didn't we didn't like exchange pleasantries i didn't say like hey i'm Joel Fifel. we were just just chatting and then macklin comes like blowing by us and he does his, his spot with with josh Alexander. and i was like oh it's good to see him back uh, yes jeremy do you think
1: steve macklin sent tommy dreamer to distract you Knowing he was about to run right by you. He saw you and he told Tommy, hey, you got to go talk to this guy. Get his attention before I go do my big. Because that guy right there, he might try to trip me or do something. So I can't have that. He didn't, you know, he didn't use those words. He doesn't want to set off any alarms because Tommy might have walked over to you and been a little bit more hostile. He was just, he was very friendly. Like, hey, see that guy over there? Good Canadian kid. Just go talk to him. Go, go talk to him and Kevin for a little while. Like, it'll be good. And that was the plan. Do you think that's what happened?
0: I don't think Tommy Dreamer has a not nice bone in his body, is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I don't think Tommy Dreamer has it in his in himself to be uh angry. Unless, you, obviously, unless you're a piece of shit to him. But, like, if you're just a regular human being, I don't think Tommy has it in him to be a bad guy. So, no, I don't think that's the case. I think no, this is cool. not, you know, Macklin is the one
1: who sent him. Macklin sent Dreamer to distract you so you could not go after Macklin.
0: I, I think it's more likely that Macklin said to Dreamer, hey, you see that guy over there? He looks like a really nice guy. You should go and talk with him. Go, go hang out with him. He's cool. You know, and Dreamer was probably like, oh, okay. And he's like, go watch the match. You, you like watching the match out in front of the people. And Dreamer was like, I do like that. I do. Thanks, Steve. And then they shook hands, and Dreamer came out, and then everything just kind of played out as it did.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, and Macklin did that because he knew he was about to run right by you. Yes, and you were you were gonna attack Joel, and instead you were distracted because Macklin put that put that out there. Macklin was the one who got you uh, occupied, so you could not attack. So let the record show, everyone. Please let the record show right now on the August 28th edition of In the Weeds, Joel Pearl says that Steve Macklin is a coward and that he needed Tommy Dreamer to occupy him so he did not uh, get attacked in his big return. This is what Joel Pearl is saying. All right, everybody?
0: And tonight at the Impact TV tapings, if Bully Ray comes over and sits down next to me, He's I know to have my guard up because either Bully's going to beat me up or Macklin's about to do the same thing again, but I'm going to block the doorway. I'm going to be like, oh, not this time, Steve Macklin. And then Macklin's probably just going to be the shit. I mean, this is fine. it's fine. okay. I'm very sad. We got to get you. We got to get you
1: fighting Steve Macklin.
0: I'll tell you me. a story off the air. It's fine. Okay. Uh, okay. The rest of the show, I do have to say the show was just a lot of fun the opening if you're going to watch a couple of matches from this go watch uh the opening match with Eric Young and Deaner they those two know each other in and out and it was such a good no disqualification match it, they it had a finish it was a hot open good stuff uh and then the the women's tag title match was fine um explaining to my family MK Ultra it was a bit of a very strange journey what did you tell them They are two women who used to hate each other, but now they make men feel a certain way, certain ways in which you would not exclaim in a normal sentence. But now that this is pro wrestling and social media, they feel a certain way. And then they said, Oh, what does that mean? I said, "Have you ever asked someone to choke you. And then they looked at me and I said, that's what they say.
1: That's a good explanation. I think think you handled that. Well,
0: yeah, Joel, I did. did. Uh, I, and yeah, go watch the tag title match, new tag champions, the Rascals. No shock to anybody. I don't think Impact's going to keep flying subculture back and forth every month for shows. But uh, I thought maybe they'd keep them on the tag titles until the UK uh, tour. But I guess not. Rascals win. They're a great, great team. Go check that. Yeah, uh, SP3 saying the Rascals and subculture stole the show. They did. My, my dad was like in awe. He couldn't believe like any of the stuff he saw. He really enjoyed that match, which says a lot coming from my, my folks who are like not big wrestling fans. And then Sonata and Jake something. That was a really great match. Uh, go see that. Knockouts World Championship match, uh, main evented, Deion Frazo versus Trinity. Solid match, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not going to say it was the best match ever, but I can say that for what they were trying to do, it got the point across. Uh, Deanna's dejected. She's like, what the hell do I do now? I've been beaten twice. So it's good stuff there. Trinity is looking good at Impact, and I think people should be excited about that. Um, but, well, because we do sometimes talk about the shitty things, why are they putting a cinematic match on TV when they have a live audience? I talked about this on I, here when it was first announced, and I talked about it on the, the Impact show. When they said they were going to challenge each other to a match at the uh, Killer Kowalski School. I was like, great. That's a wonderful blow-off. I hope they show it. It'll be a main event on an Impact TV TV show because the audience is there to watch the live matches. Don't do it at a pay-per-view. Don't do it when you have a live crowd. That's a waste of time. And then they announced it for Emergence, and I immediately was like, this is fucking stupid and you know what I got I got a lot of messages from people in the crowd being like why are they doing this this is fucking stupid and I just this is it it was five it was it was a four minute match but it was like a 15 minute segment it was it it
1: felt like it was half an hour the music was very like sad and somber and they're there oh man The,
0: the funniest thing was the post match when they just like they did it, we're done. And then they're playing the somber music and all of a sudden it cuts because Lish hits cast. That just cackled me. And otherwise it was not good. The rest of the show was really fun. Just cut that shit out. Do it again. Should have been on an episode of Impact when you, you pre-tape all your stuff that's off-site. We as fans don't see it until it airs on the show. You could have done that. Instead, you made a captive audience watch this thing on by the way they weren't running all three screens at rebel either they were just running the middle one for whatever reason and as a a result like you couldn't see everything so that kind of kind of lessened the mood for me The, the music just
1: lessened the mood like we got a hot audience let's bring them down with some somber what i don't know what this song was but yeah it uh that was the one thing i didn't like about the show either is i was sitting here watching it and working and everything. And I, I just hear this song and I look up and I see what's going on. And yet yeah, it felt like it was way too long. Otherwise a very fun show from, from impact after just a very long day of, of professional wrestling, but it it did not bring me down in in the way that you know a, another show potentially could have brought me down if I had I actually paid attention and watched that. Uh, it was it was a good show. I like Sonata and Jake Something. It was cool to see Sonata back in back in Impact and paying tribute to the great Sonata uh, former Impact gimmick that he had going on there. Jake Something's very good. Uh, yes, you you asked on Twitter, did they explain no IWGP World Heavyweight Title? I told you he cashed in he's coming after the fightful champion and so now i'm trying to just get everybody on the roster to kick your ass uh no they said evil stole it so what's
0: that i'll be there i guess gonna they
1: said evil stole it so they're facing a new japan destruction i i think it's ria it might be kobe uh it's one of one of the two um so, yeah, it was good, good to see him, though. Subculture and Rascals was really fun. All the matches were, like, fun and good and ha- had a purpose and stuff. Very disappointing. Johnny Swinger did not win the digital media title, but that uh, should have happened.
0: It uh, was so... the near fall with Heath doing the running yeah. was so good. He, and After the match, my brother turned to me. He's like, I'm sorry, because he knew that that was, like, <laughs> the match that I wanted, I wanted Swinger to win. But I have to say that the beatdown stuff afterwards was stupid. I sat there being like, "What?" Heath just kind of showed up and then left immediately. Not didn't. No one's going to tip him off. No one's going to. He's not going to save anybody. But other than that, yeah, the match was much better than it had any uh, any any reason to be.
1: All right, let's let's we're, we're bearing the lead here when it comes to Impact Emergence, though. Joel Pearl.
0: Yeah. Joya. Can I get a Joya? No, buddy. Let's let's talk about Joya. First of all, shout out to Yoya. Frantically searching for his Uber after the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like with this phone looking around, like, oh, I don't know if he's looking for food or his Uber or his Uber eats. Uh, but either way, dude, those two. I was talking with Cresta for so long about how Yuya Yumora is so talented and so good at wrestling, but he just doesn't have the character yet. And wrestling is about the characters, and that's what your your excursion, your young lion excursion, is all about. And he struck gold being placed with Joe Henry. And this could give him so much more depth to a character. And it's gonna be silly, it's gonna be stupid. But like that, that's kind of perfect for Yuya Yamura. And I think this is so good for him. Uh, and if it leads to a feud between Henry and Yumora, even better. But that was fun as hell. People loved it. So <laughs> yeah. People, we were so confused for a second. Oh uh, yeah! I kept thinking I was like, what, "Don't I know of some product that's called Joya? <laughs> I that's the best part. Hold.
1: This was awesome, absolutely awesome. They put this on the pre-show. They should be charging people for this one.
0: Though <laughs> they will from now on. <laughs> Rascals versus Joya is going to headline like oh. the Victory Road event at this rate.
1: That's selling ninety thousand at Wembley right there. Are you kidding no. me?
0: And they're gonna sing. It, they're gonna sing it live to the ring because that's what Joe Henry does. He yeah. he creates his own music. <laughs> yeah, Joe. And we came in actually. We came in just at the tail end of Speedball and Alan Angels. I've talked about the venue before. Rebel Nightclub is a beautiful facility. It is the biggest pain in the ass imaginable to get to driving there. So right now in Toronto uh, on a busy summer weekend. You have the CNE, the Canadian National Exhibition, the X, uh, and then you've got literally everything else happening downtown. Jays were playing earlier in the afternoon. Uh, Argos were off, but like there's still stuff going on. Is my point. So traffic was just awful getting through to to get to Rebel, and then just the area where Rebel is is not not good for anything. Not good for parking. Not good for driving. Not good for walking. And. People might not know this, but there is a pool bar called Cabana Pool Bar, and they were just closing at six o'clock, seven o'clock when people were getting into the building for wrestling. So here are a bunch of scantily clad men and women coming off of go, spending their day getting drunk in the sun at the Cabana Pool Bar. And then you have a bunch of wrestling fans coming in to go into the the dark, dank Rebel Nightclub. It was a weird, weird juxtaposition of characters. <laughs> but uh, I'll be there, I'll be there again tonight. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll run into a bunch of people, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I like TV tapings because they're more chill when it comes to impact. People are just, there are fewer people there, which is just that's just the way it is. But um, it's just a different, a different vibe. I'm looking forward to that.
1: I have breaking news, Joel Pearl. Oh no, John Cena returns to Friday Night SmackDown. For seven consecutive weeks. Wow. John Cena is going to be on SmackDown September 1st through October 27th. Roman's off. Cena's on, baby.
0: Good for Roman Reigns. Get yourself it's, a deal.
1: It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. That Brian Gwertz is like, yeah, probably ain't gonna see Rock during the writer's strike because that ain't looking great. And, you know, he doesn't want to do that and appear on WWE television while everyone else is kind of out of work and, and, you know, picketing and stuff. And Cena's like, I got shit to do. I'm just gonna show up at SmackDown every week, baby. John Cena's a man of the people. That's a man who gives back to the WWE. I'm like, Dwayne, who doesn't care and try to use the the strike as an excuse for why he won't show up. No, Cena, as a man of the people, is like, you can't see me in these movies, but you can see me Friday night on SmackDown, Fox, the GOAT John Cena.
0: Should I meet Lance Storm at the pre-show meet-and-greet
1: tonight? We're talking about John Cena, Who cares about Lance Storm.
0: Oh, okay, hold on. My dad's going to be at the post-show. Scott Demore is doing the post-show meet-and-greet. Should I try and get him to get on in the weeds with us? You gotta get
1: yeah, you gotta get an interview.
0: I do. I gotta I gotta I gotta talk to the people that give us the interviews and see how that goes.
1: Wow, good luck.
0: I didn't see him last. I did see him last. I didn't get to talk to him. We'll do it tonight. Anyway. um, Do we have anything else to add? John Cena's coming back for seven weeks. For seven
1: straight weeks. He's on SmackDown this week. He's off next week because they're doing superstar spectacle thing. Um, But then beginning september 15th which is also my birthday joel pearl and i expect a big birthday gift from you here on this show because we are doing a show on my birthday so get ready you only got a couple weeks left here beginning september 15th john cena seven straight weeks
0: wow that's gonna be a lot it's gonna be great
1: we're getting the goat john cena
0: what if i got tony khan for your birthday
1: if you can get Tony Khan to show up on this show, that'd be something amazing. What
0: what if I got Tony Khan to show up after I send him a super cut of all the times you've impersonated Tony Khan on the show?
1: One, good luck with that. Thank you. Two, if he still showed up after that, then great. He still the the wife told me I like, we gotta we gotta send Tony because he's got they're doing this pay per view October first, right? It's in Seattle too. So it's, they're on West Coast time. Tony doesn't give a shit about anybody's time a, a, when they're on East Coast time. Now if they're on West Coast time, the show wraps at like nine o'clock. He's like, it's only nine o'clock. Jet, we'll keep you here until midnight. They're on West Coast time, October 1st. My anniversary is October 2nd. Tony, I'm going to be up till like 4 a.m. on October 2nd, basically, covering Tony Khan quotes. I'm going to be sleeping all day. For my anniversary, what is Tony doing? I gotta send Tony. You know, Joel, you know what yesterday was for for the family here, and like how I actually had like personal stuff to do, and unfortunately had to miss because there was eighteen hours of wrestling yesterday. Bless the wife, timed everything to where it's like, hey, you know that hour gap between the end of the show and the media scrum as they wait for everybody to get back there. That's when we're gonna do the family stuff. That. I kind of need to be present for, but I still had to miss other stuff throughout the day because I'm covering the show. Um, again, bless the wife for just many, 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 many reasons. They got to stop scheduling these shows when I have stuff going on. I got to send Tony a list. Like I got birthdays on this day. I got the anniversaries this day. You can't schedule stuff on these days, Tony. Figure it out. Work your schedule around my life, Tony. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking.
0: We'll, we'll get him on the show, and we'll let you uh, talk to him directly.
1: I'll ask. I'll tell him this. I'm like, well, Tony, look.
0: What's what's great about Tony is that he will show up on this show before he sends you a damn t-shirt.
1: Oh, I'll ask him for a shirt on this show. Like, Tony, where's Tony, my shirt?
0: <laughs> Just ask Tony to send you the script.
1: <laughs> People, I, I put out, uh, you know, after the Perry uh punk incidents and uh, Tony he did a good job getting out in front of that by the way like there was an incident we're gonna investigate can't comment any further it's like okay good like he's out in front of it that'll take away any question any responsibility to take a question he's gonna say he was gonna give a no comment anyway but I did the whole bit on Twitter this is the one good thing about paying for for Twitter outside the fact that I need it to use tweet deck but one good thing is like you can use the long tweets type of thing uh and so I just did a whole Tony Khan impression in one of my tweets. Stop like, it. Can't I can't comment on Jack Perry and, and CM Punk, but I thought both men looked great tonight. Jack Perry, he had a very physical match with Hook. Uh they, you know, they they did a rolling thunder on my my tweet was a lot better. I'm tired now, but did a whole big Tony Khan impression on Twitter. That's where you can find all my Tony Khan impressions. Twitter and the show.
0: There we go. We should probably get out of here. <laughs> we have run way too long. Do you have anything else to, to add? On we to were only time?
1: eight minutes over. We've gone half an hour over that one time when you were upset when Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis signed.
0: Yes. And we've done another 30 minutes over when, uh, uh, what's this, uh, sorry, Darius Carter. When Darius Carter was on with me and SB3. I wasn't on that show. I know you weren't, it was SP three and I, we did uh, 40 minutes with Darius cause he was very, very generous with his time. Great interview, by the way, go check that out in the archives. Uh, look, sound, look at me. He sounded like Conrad. Go check it. Go check it out, on our icons over on fivefoldoverbook dot I, I had to remember that we actually own that, uh, that 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 domain. <laughs> uh, leave a thumbs up. Let's get on out of here. The only other thing I got to add is congratulations to Kenzie Page. She deserves that NWA Women's yeah. World Championship. I'm very I proud. want
1: her on the show, please. Uh if you know kinsey page actually I, I might have to go another way but i like kinsey page i'm very happy she won the title and that's all we're talking about on that show
0: that's all i wanted to talk about because that was good news so jeremy uh plug it let's go home
1: i actually kind of have stuff to plug amazingly um uh andrew thompson scheduled to join us on wednesday he was in london for all in so we'll get a, a live experience from him, that was a big reason why we didn't have a guest today, everybody, in, in the sake of transparency for for this. Uh, you know, I like having guests on every show when possible. Today, we did kind of make executive decisions of like, look, there was a lot of wrestling, there's a lot to talk about, especially when it just all in, but then you factor in everything else. That was just gonna be a lot to talk about. We wanted to make sure we got all of our stuff out there. And most of the people we're going to talk to, they've got their own podcast, so you can listen to them on that. But Andrew Thompson will be on on the show on Wednesday. And next Monday could be our worst show of all time, and it'll be on the main channel. So everybody get ready for that because we'll be coming off of two weeks of this wrestling stuff. That is an Eastern Time Zone show with AEW where I will be up until 4 o'clock and then I have to get up two hours later to help the kids with school and everything. And so I'll be running on basically no sleep and we're going to be on the main channel. Cause we've sold out for the first uh, Monday of the month. And uh, yeah, that should be, that should be a very
0: fun show. Plus we'll have payback to talk about.
1: Oh, fuck that. Sh- oh my God. Yeah. That shows this weekend too. Don't they it going? <laughs> uh, I am. I, I, I got to talk with, uh, my guy, uh, who who's just Sean, to see. If, to uh,
0: Cody? Is Are you talking to Cody about it? Can I send a message to Cody right now? and be like, hey, Codester, American Roll Codester. Codester. Send, send him the article about Pharaoh and the, the plushie and just be like, hey, gave you a lot of coverage this week. Uh, right.
1: Yeah. Okay, we buried the lead on that Cody uh, interview.
0: He wants to bring back the hotline. <laughs>
1: What's to bring back one 900 909
0: Parents have your, kids, have your parents' permission or grab their credit card off of their nightstand. But please, don't call the hotline. The best part of his
1: little gimmick there where he wanted to bring it back where he was like, I get like five things. So I get five things. No, no, I'll get three things and one of them's true. You're basically playing two Cody lies and a truth on the hotline. I love it. That's what we need. That's the hotline we need. Two Cody lies and a truth. The the greatest professional wrestler of all time, Cody Rhodes. I, I'm on record.
0: Fair enough. I'm I'm enjoying these uh, these interviews with Cody because if there's one thing he's gonna do, it's exactly that. And if there's one thing we're gonna do is come back on Wednesday, like Jeremy said, Andrew Thompson's gonna join us. We're back Wednesday, we're back Friday, and then next Monday we'll hammer it over your heads until then. We're going to be on the main channel uh, on next Monday talking about, oh boy, talking about all that, talking Our about worst episode, show ever, talking about everything. It's going to be the worst show ever, but we are going to be there because we love this. I don't know. Don't follow Jeremy. Go follow Fight Talk underscore and uh, come and join us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the weeds and check out all the other content here on Fightful Overbook because there's plenty of it. Until then, I am Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.